Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Love Talk Radio.
Yeah. 
Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I apologize, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Some of the connection. This just cut off. Hallelujah. Um, brothers and sisters, I know some of the people that uh, were trying to go back to the archive for yesterday's program were not able to. And so uh, later on, as I, as I play some of the prophecy, I'm going to also play that, that, that short audio of the message Father God has given me for his people. Praise you, Lord. Amen. And, and people will be able to listen to. Uh, uh, praise you, Lord. It is, to some of the people, it, it was just a, such a confirmation of what the Lord is saying. Praise you, Lord. God, God the Father. Praise you, Lord, is very angry at the phony, of the fakers, of, of, his, of preachers who are preaching his word that are not pleasing him. Praise you, Lord, that are not walking with his son. And walking with his son in these last days must be a must. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. So James chapter 3, verse 1 says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. For in many things we, we sin all. If any man sin not in, in, in word, he is perfect man, and able to rid all his body. Behold, we put a bed into the horse's mouth, that they should not, that they should obey us, and we turn about all their body. Behold, we also ships which, uh, which though they be so great, are driven fierce wind. Yet they turn about with a very small rudder, whatsoever the governor listed. Whatever we wanted to turn the ship, we 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 do. Praise the Lord. Even so, the tongue it is a little member, and it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a a, a thing little fire candle. Praise the Lord. The fire candle. Praise the Lord. It is just a little thing. Amen. The tongue is just a little thing. But what the word, what God is telling us, we, we must have control of our tongue. Because in it is life and death. The word of God teaches us, Proverbs. Amen. And God wants us to say the right thing, not the wrong things. Let thy yes be yes or thy yay be yay. Yes. And your no be no. Um, I, I since I heard that word of when Jesus says in Matthew that let your yes be yes and your no be no, uh, I I immediately understood that God don't like when we are like maybe. Amen. Praise your Lord. He don't like maybe or if. Praise your Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, it's in Matthew five thirty seven. But let your communication be yay. Yay, nay, nay, yes, yes, no, no. For what whatsoever is more than these commit of evil, coming from evil, I'm sorry, coming from evil. It don't come, any word of if or maybe don't come from God because God is yes. When you, when you ask God, when you pray to God and you ask God for something, you, you don't expect God to say maybe. You either want God to say yes most of the time, right, or no. You want to know whether God is going to answer your prayer or not. Praise the Lord. And and God knows that we would ask for things that we might not get. 
but it don't mean that God will not uh, go, we say, out of, out of his way to, to help. He, he's always in the way with Jesus Christ. He's always, he always goes through his son Jesus, uh, reaching out to save souls. No one comes to the Father. I said the Father brings them, says the Lord. So he always uh, uh, worked through his son to bring someone to his son. He works through him. Because Jesus is the way, the life, the truth. So he worked through his son, the truth. The true word is the imprinted word, the life. He wants the person to have life. It don't matter uh, how deep the sin, sin the person may be. He still wants the person to have life. He have it abundantly in his son. When, when, when Father brings someone to Jesus, it is not just to give them life, but it's to give it to them abundantly. Abundant talks about um, uh, endless life, abundant, that no matter what you go through, he's there for you. Praise you, Lord. And though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because he is with us. He's given us life. We're going to the valley of the shadow of death, but he's given our life. The abundant life is manifested when we go to the valley of the shadow of death. Thank you, Lord, for his mercy. Verse 6. And so the tongue is a fire, yea, a world, a world of wickedness. So is the tongue set among our member, and it is the fire of the whole body. It seated on fire of the curse of nature, and it's set on fire of hell. Um, I don't know if some of you have heard. And some of, I like to watch Discovery Channel, History Channel. I like to watch uh, new technology, what, what, what is being discovered or made new. In, in the U.S. and their spice plane, planes have great technology, which other countries already are coming up to. And in what is going on with that technology, it is a it is a it is a capturing uh, sound, wave sound technology that whatever someone said yesterday, it can be captured today or tomorrow or next weeks with these equipment, and they can play it back and hear something that was spoken last week by an enemy. An enemy can say a word. And these spies playing from from the cloud, thousands of feet upon the cloud. It don't even to be close to the earth, because the word that we speak echo, and it actually go around the whole earth, confirming exactly what James says here, brothers and sisters. And with these uh, fine equipment, they can recapture uh, the wave sound, brothers and sisters, the wave sound. Every, every word you and I speak produces a way, praise the Lord, a way. And, and the sounds will fade away, but not the way. So the sound will fade away, but it doesn't die. That's what the expert of in sound has discovered over the years. And that's why they use these, these inspired planes, these, these highly so, so sophisticated equipment, so they can capture the sound of something that was said last week by by U.S. enemy, and play it back and know exactly what they say word by word, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. And it's so awesome. When I seen that, it was like reading the Bible all over again and just thinking what, what, 
what James says here, the tongue is a fire, yea, a world of wickedness. Praise the Lord. Now, one of the things, before I continue reading, I heard scientists saying is that when you speak a negative word, it has a negative effect. When you speak a positive word, it has a positive effect. And the positive effect can be so powerful, as they have noticed, which is in the Word of God, it can give life. If you speak life, praise the Lord, when that word is heard by someone, it will actually uh, bring the, the person's spirit or body alive even more. In, in one of the testimonies that I heard from heaven, angel, when they speak, when they bless one, each, one another in heaven, they, they bless each other with the breath of God, with the life of God. So in heaven, they have a clear understanding of this. In man, thousands of years of technology now are cutting up to understanding even better that there is life in the, mouth, in the tongue, in the mouth, in the word. There is life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me look down in, in proper life. Thank you, Lord. Because it, it, it really helps people even understand more. Because this, this happens in heaven. Hallelujah. It happens in heaven. They give the breath, the breath of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, we got an example. Romans fourteen eleven. For it is written, I live. I live, says the Lord, in every need. Shall bow to me, and all tongues shall confess to God. In that confession, there is life, and there is power. Praise the Lord. That life is in the Word, brothers and sisters. That is an amazing thing for the DM discover with his new technology, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. And I'm I'm looking at I now in. In proverb, because it is a proverb. I'm having a tough time speaking, brothers and sisters, today. My tongue. Praise your Lord. I'm hoping that uh, uh, some of you understand what I'm trying to say or what I'm saying. <laughs> Praise your Lord. It's come, the words that are coming out of my mouth, I hope some of you understand them. Because, uh, praise your Lord, I hear myself and I'm like, oh, wow. The words are not coming out clear. It's like my tongue needs to rest. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But I want to be obedient to the Lord and and, and just come and share life in, in, in the mouth. I'm trying to find that in Proverbs. I'm not, I'm not being successful here. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe someone can help me. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And so it, it is so powerful. It is so powerful. Are you able to find it? Proverbs 13. Um, thank you, Lord. Proverbs 13. Oh, no, no. 13. Three. Praise the Lord. Okay. Three. All right, there it is. Proverbs 13. He that guarded his mouth keepeth his life, but he that opened wide his lips should meet destruction. There's another one related to life. And thank you, Lord. And then, yes, in another Proverbs 10:11, the mouth of the righteous. It's a fountain of life, 
but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. It's a fountain of life. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And so those are the, are the words I'm, I'm trying to put together here. Praise the Lord. And if you're going to see, see it so clear, when Proverbs 18.21, okay, it should. Uh, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. God is so awesome. Thank you, Lord. It is one of those days with the word is hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So the power is in the tongue. Is the one that life is in the tongue. In the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. Yeah, that Proverbs is 18, Proverbs 18:21. Uh, praise the Lord. It's not giving me the. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So Proverbs 18:21. Dead and life are in the power of the tongue. And they, the lovers, should eat out of the fruit thereof. So uh, the fruit, the fruit is life. The fruit is life, brothers and sisters. That's what the fruit is. Praise the Lord. The fruit is life. And so uh, the word that we speak, especially speaking them by faith, because the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, what James says is the tongue is a fire, yea, a world of wickedness. So it's a tongue set among our members that it defiles the whole body and, and set it on the fire of the curse of nature. Now, see how the, the course, course of nature, see how the, the tongue or the speaking to the tongue is related, brothers and sisters, shalom sisters, is related to nature. And that is excuse me, related to life, life. And it's set out on the fire of hell. So it can give life and it can also ruin someone to hell. The word we speak, brothers and sisters. And so with these equipment, they can capture the wave of every word and just uh, praise the Lord. Uh, see the distraction. See what someone has said, whether it was good or evil. Praise the Lord. And they're always looking for enemies, what the enemies are saying. Brothers and sisters, and it's in the word, that's even in the word of God. Verse 7, for the whole nature of, of beast and bird and creeping things and the things of the seed is tame. It has been tamed, hallelujah, of the nature of man. In other words, man has been able to tame all kinds of animals, have control over them. That's what James is saying. Men have control all, over all kinds of animals. Praise the Lord. But not necessarily over their own tongue, over their own speaking, their own language. Because if you're able, God says you're perfect, said James. You're perfect in your speaking. So this is why we need to be careful what we say. Because if you say something negative to someone, you are cursing that person. Praise the Lord. Although we, we should bless, says the Lord. And blessing, not curse. Why? Because of the result, power of the word, of the tongue, the word that comes out of our mouth. Praise you, Lord. And they don't die. You speak a word against someone, that word don't die. You think it does. It just fades away, but it goes around the earth. And it stays, brothers and sisters. 
It don't die. Can you believe where you just, uh, um, the word that I'm speaking tonight, don't die. They stay alive, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. I believe until God creates a new heaven and a new earth, brothers and sisters. This is why it's so important that we watch out what we say. We are so careful with every word we say. Let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whosoever is more than these. Commit evil, says Jesus. God don't want us to be speaking negative but positive unto each other, unto, unto the souls, unto the world, unto everything. Because God wants to save the world, and he's using us to do it. He's using our communication to do it, a way to communication, our tongues, our language, our mouth. God is using us. You can speak blessings to your family, to your children, to your own life, brothers and sisters, when you speak positive, when you speak health. Praise the Lord. It is so powerful. It is just so powerful, brothers and sisters, that we focus on Jesus. And we focus, hallelujah, we meditate on what we say we, before we say it. We are being so careful to say things that we don't offend. That, that we, it, it was, I, I just remember a testimony of a pastor, a young pastor in his neighborhood. He, he was growing up among gangsters, uh, drug dealers. There was so much drugs in his neighborhood. And he had given his life to the Lord. And he was going to church, but he didn't want to be the same like every single, every other single Christian who just goes to church, ignore the, the prostitute, ignore the drug dealer, and are not willing to reach out to them. And one night, he's praying. He's seeking the Lord. He's fasting. So I'm going to fast from to the Lord to hear from the Lord. What, how should I reach out to these people? How can I win them for Christ, for the kingdom? Praise the Lord. And he, he began to, to pray to the Lord. And one night, the Lord showed him a vision where Jesus said, Jesus showed him a vision of all the prostitutes, all the other drug dealers and all these people, future. He says, he showed on the, the future. And in the future, the prostitute that was up there, selling her body in the future. She was a great wife with children and a family, a decent, fearing, God-fearing woman. She had, she had given her life to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And, and the Lord says to him, after he showed the life of each of these people, he knew, this is the way I see them. This is the way because this is the plan I have for them. And it's touching so much. The Lord says, if you believe that I can change these people's life, if you can see them change, if you can see them change, if you can see the life change, if you can see them as a new creature, if you can, if you can uh, uh, see them, imagine them and your mind change, and you pray and fast and reach out to them, I will do it through you because this is what I want to do in their life. Praise the Lord. And this man of God, Shalom, Sister Treya, began to sought to seek the Lord. And he sought the Lord about this through fasting, through prayer for each one of those lives. 
that what the Lord has shown him about them being changed, that's exactly what he wants. And he went to the drug dealers and the people he knew around his neighborhood, and he said, look, you man, you need to come to Jesus. You know how I see you? I see you a man who stopped selling drugs. So instead of taking away from the community, now you're putting back, you're giving back to the community. You're helping the community. You're going to be a changed man in the Lord. This is how I see you. And he started speaking positive, positive word into the life. He started telling them how he was seeing them changed by God, serving God, now being good, hallelujah, to the community. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And he worked with them each day. He encountered them, and he went out for hours every day after he fasted and prayed to reach out to them, to let them know how he see them change. And the Lord, a new man and a new woman. Praise the Lord. In a few years, hallelujah, a few months, few years, they began to, some of them could not resist. They, some of them had gone to jail and spent time in jail. Some of the prostitutes had gone to jail, too. Some of his friends had been locked up, and, and he kept praying and fasting for them. And God began to work in their life. And as they come out, some of them began to say, man, you picture such a, such a beautiful life. Do you truly believe that I can have that life? And he says, I, my God, can change you. He can make you into a new creature. And they began to receive the Lord there in the street. He began to minister, praying over them. And they began to be set freed from the bondage of the enemy. Praise the Lord. In order to sign the prostitute, the drug dealer, the people of the street began to believe his vision that they can be great men and great women in the Lord, changed by the Lord. And they came. And the church began to be filled with these people. And these men, these men began to grow and grow in the Lord. Praise you, Jesus, and become different. And there were so many of them, they began to input to the, to the community. A lot of them became different and prof- different professions. And in those professions, they began to help the community. As God changed the life. And one day, that pastor, hallelujah, the Lord asked him and said, your work here is finished with all those people. Now I'm moving you to New York City. Praise the Lord. And when he got... When he was moved to the city in New York City, praise the Lord, he found a church that was about to be closed. The leaders, people had left the church, and now, praise the Lord, the, 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 the elder were the, practically the only people left, and they had given up because the, the loan of the church was so much money. They needed to come up in three, in three months with $10,000. And each one said to each other, all we have is our bills to pay. We cannot pay for $10,000 loan. And that pastor showed up at the door and said, God has sent me here, praise the Lord, to this church, to pastor this church. And they said, Pastor, you have come in here late, too late, praise the Lord, because we are about to give this church to the bank because we cannot, we need to come up with $10,000 in three months. And the pastor said, God never comes in late. He never comes in late. I am here sent by God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. 
And he, they started telling me how they could not pay for the loan. And he says, he says, but the money to, should, should come out of the community. If you're helping the community, if you are feeding the community, God will provide to pay for the church out of the community. They said, Pastor, most of our community is poor. There's so much homeless people. How can the money come out of the community? And he asked them one question, preaching that day, the pastor said, after he united them and said, I got a message that I need to preach to you. And the pastor said, how much billions of dollars Mandana makes? Praise the Lord. It is a whole pastor, what, two billion, two hundred billion? And he said, how much of that money comes out of the poor community? Did the homeless, did the people in the street who go to Mandana's to buy a burger, praise the Lord, they have to pay for a burger, three or four, five dollars, and Mandana makes two hundred billion dollars out of them? Praise the Lord. Cannot God touch their heart and have them give one dollar for the for the ten thousand dollars to be paid off? And he he brought it so practical. You're looking at the problem, but you're not looking at your God. Your God can provide to the poor for this money to be paid, paid off, for the church to be paid off. He said, Pastor, but how are we going to go to the community and ask if you want to give us a dollar? And the pastor said, you're looking at it wrong. Let's create an activity where we give what we have and we minister the word and we feed them spiritually. And when they are fed spiritually, they will, we will ask them to donate one dollar. Praise God if they feel like donating one dollar. God will take care of the rest. And they created an activity, and they went out to the whole neighborhood, and they invited people, homeless people, everyone that could come, praise the Lord, because they had a meal to feed everyone, praise the Lord. Just to feed, they, they had a, a big enough meal one day to feed everyone from the community in the street. They got to cook. They came out with two, 400 bucks for food. They did the shopping for that day, the food, everything they needed to give it to them for free, and as God will touch their heart, they will donate, they will ask them to donate one dollar, no more. Praise the Lord. And that day they went out, and they told the homeless, they gave them pamphlet, and they said, look, praise God, come to this meal voluntarily. You don't have to donate to the church unless you feel like donating. You don't have to give nothing. The meal is for free. Praise the Lord. We are going to share the word. You're going to be fed by the word. Yes, we have food, but the word too. And as the pastor began to share the word and let them know, praise God, that the food they would eat would go to the bathroom and will be ate. But the, the, the food that will come from God, it will last for an eternity. It will last forever. And as those homeless people... Of those people from the street began to hear the message, one said, oh, I've been looking for this type of food for such a long time, and I was wondering where it was, where this food was. I've been so hungry for this food, and I've been waiting for someone. I've been waiting for someone of God to bring us this food. We've been so hungry, they say. Praise the Lord as he shared the word. 
of God, the food that is everlasting food. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. And as people were ministered, as the word touched their heart and life, brothers and sisters, and the pastor said, do you, do you people want to continue to come to this church to receive this type of food? All the homeless and the prostitutes and the people say, yes, we want to come to this place to hear, to receive this food, brothers and sisters. This food is what we need, they say, the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. And I tell you this, this, this church, this church has a need. Praise you, Lord. And I'm going to ask you to donate $1, $1 to support the need of this church, the pastor says. Praise the Lord. And the pastor didn't even have to finish saying the word when people came forward giving that $1. Some people wanted to give more, but the pastor said, if, if you feel led to give more, you could, but I'm only asking you for $1, $1. There are many people here. One dollar will make a difference. Praise the Lord. And some people began to donate more than one dollar. Praise the Lord. And before the three months was over, they have money not just to pay what the church owes. They have more money to pay the entire loan for the church, brothers and sisters. It's how you see your life. It's how you see the world. It's how you see the problem. You may see the problem with no way with no way out. Thank you, Sister Shay Haggai two eight. Silver, silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. There you go. Everything belongs to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. David said in Psalm twenty three one says the Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. I shall not want I shall not want. He making me rest in green pasture, leading me by the still water. He restored my soul and lead me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I should walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou appear a table before uh, before me in the sight of my adversary, my enemy, that thou anoint my head with oil and my cup running over. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. You may see yourself and your problem with no exit, with no way out. Ask the Lord to show you the way out. Ask him to let you see it his way. This man of God, God has changed many lives prior to this church. Show them another way. Selling drugs was not the way. Prostitution was not the way. God has another way to change your life to change your situation, ask him to show you, for you to see the other way. You may be struggling financially, but it's because you are seeing your problem one way, the human way maybe, the negative way. But ask the Lord to show you, hallelujah, your problem the way he sees it. Lord, I want to see my problem. I want to see my situation the way you see it, and watch when he shows you his way. Oh, man, you immediately see the way out. And you'll laugh and say, oh, man, it was so simple. 
I've been all this year questioning God, struggling with my faith, questioning whether God was going to get me out of this or not. And it's because you've been seeing your problem your way. And your way is not the way. The Lord's way is the way. Remember this. The Lord's way is the way. Stop seeing things your way. Start judging things with your own mind, your own way, brothers and sisters. Let the Lord show you the solution. When this man of God came and looked at these elders, he laughed and said, they said, what are you laughing for? Because you've been seeing this your way. The way of the Lord is better. Thank you, Lord. And each one of those men, as they sat there, and they were fed manna. They were fed the word from heaven. Praise you, Lord. I tell you, the life was changed. They wanted now to be there. They did not want the church to be closed because now they understood the Lord that God's way is always the best way and that he always has to wait out out of every problem. In the name of that commander-in-chief that will lead you out of your problem is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. He is the commander-in-chief, and he will lead you out of your problem. He will lead you out of the situation. You will see no way out. Just ask the Lord. Pray fast. Commit your life to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. These men have committed their life to the problem, not to the Lord. Because if you commit your life to the Lord, he always has a way out. Thank you, Lord. And that's what mostly people do. They will commit to what they're going through more than committing to God. And God is asking you to commit to him, praise the Lord, to seek the kingdom of heaven first, and that every other thing will be added unto you. Because you're committing yourself to the added things, praise the Lord, to the surplus. Instead of adding yourself to the to the one that provides it all, to the one that has control of all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Commit your life to the Lord tonight. Say, Lord, I commit my life to you, Lord. Praise the Lord, Lord. I want a deeper commitment, Lord, in my relationship with you, Lord. And I don't want it to be my way anymore, Lord. But I want it to be your way, Lord Jesus. Help me, Jesus, to serve you. Help me, Lord, to keep your commandment, Lord Jesus. Help me to see things your way, Lord. Not my way, Jesus. Teach me, Lord. You are my rabbi. Teach me, Lord, the things that I need to learn, Lord. Praise God to see my life, to see my marriage, to see my children, to see my family, to see my situation, my business. My job to see everything the way you see them, Lord. Not the way I've been seeing them all these years, Lord. Seeing the complication. Speaking the complication. Thank you, Lord. Seeing the complication. Speaking the complication. Meditating and talking about the complication. When you have a way, Lord, a way out out of every situation. And the Lord will show you his way. Jesus Christ is the way. That's why when Jesus was talking to the disciple in John 14, the disciple was having a tough time understanding. It's because they never heard the message being preached this way. The, the rabbi said, we never heard such a, such a teaching. And hallelujah. In all Israel, they never heard such a teaching. They never heard such a man speaking the way Jesus spoke. 
They never dared. Oh, thank you, Jesus. They never heard someone. They never heard a rabbi talking like Jesus, teaching like Jesus, explaining the word like Jesus. Praise you, Lord, because he was different than all. He is different than all. He is different than all. He is not the same. Oh, I thank you, Jesus, and the rest of them. He is, he is honest. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Lord. Completely honest with the Father. Pleasing the Father always. Always seeking to please Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. The Lord says to Thomas, Thomas said unto the Lord, We know not the way that thou goest. How can we know the way? Praise you, Lord. How can we know the way, Lord? How? How? They never had a rabbi like him teaching them this, this way. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father, unto the Father by, by me. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. If you know me, you should know the Father also. And from henceforth you don't know you are known him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us thy father, and it is sufficient to us. Jesus said unto him, I I have been long time with you who have not known me, Philip. He that has seen me has seen my father. How thou sayest thou, show us thy father. Believe thou now that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The word that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the work. Praise you, Lord. How can the Father do the work through Jesus? Because he was a willing vessel. He was an obedient vessel. He was a committed vessel. He was not seeking his way, but he was seeking the way of the Father. He was not seeking to do his well, but he was seeking to do the well of the Father. He has the way, the true, and the life. No one comes to the Father said through him. He was not seeking his will, but the will of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, brothers and sisters. I don't know who well are you seeking tonight. Praise your Lord. I don't know how you're seeing your problem. You might be seeing your problem, your situation, your way, but that's been wrong. That is wrong because the thought of God are higher than yours. Do you know that? Praise your Lord. The thought of God are higher, hallelujah, hallelujah, than yours. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. He says that in Isaiah, he says in Isaiah 55a, hallelujah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your way my way, says the Lord. You see that even when we think we know for experience, a lot of people say, well, Brother Alvin, you know, I lived so many years. I, I have so much experience. Then you're comparing yourself with God. Can you be older than God? Can at least you be older than one of his fingers or his nail or his hair? Can you at least be older of anything God has in heaven? Not even close. God's way, praise God, are higher than your way. His thoughts are higher than yours to Jesus. And so God wants you to learn from him. And God wants you to call him in any situation that you're going through and ask him to help you. And he will come up and show you a better way. 
he will change your focus. He will change your view of things. A lot of our views are weakly, earthly, are carnal, and not necessarily spiritual. We we can be strong in one part of our life, but in another part we might be so weak. And then we need the Lord to help us, to help us to see things His way, to show us things, to show us the problem we're going through His way, show us the solution. Praise you, Lord. You know that a lot of a great men, praise you, Lord. I heard this rabbi who has the story or the history. Uh, uh, of every man that ever came up with the great invention in the United States and around the world. And most of their solution came out of a dream. God gave it to them, in other words. God gave these men the solution, brothers and sisters, in a dream. You can look up all the invention that has been made on earth. And everyone, thank you, Lord, of the solution that they receive, they receive in a dream. In other words, God gave it to them, brothers and sisters. It was God that gave them the the, the revelation, the solution in, in a dream. That's why in old time, people used to use the saying, just sleep on it. Just sleep on it. It's an old saying here in the United States and around the world, just sleep on it. When you When you are going through a, a tough problem, difficult problem, and you don't see the solution, people will say, just sleep on it. Because most of the great invention the men have, the greater technology today the men have, these men received through a dream. It was God that gave it to them. They slept on it, and God gave it to them in a dream. They learned, in other words, to trust the Creator and way upon the Creator to receive an answer. Have you learned this? Have you learned to trust God for an answer for whatever situation you're going through in your life? Have you learned to sleep on it? Have you learned to say, God, show me the way. Rabbi Jesus, teach me. Give me the understanding, the wisdom. Let me know the way out of this problem, Lord. Because the Lord will give it to you. You need to sleep on it. Learn to sleep on it. Praise the Lord. There are people that they are there defying in the last day, saying, you're falling asleep, you're sleeping on it. You need to sleep on it. Praise the Lord. We need to go back to, to go, going back to God and say, God, I need you to give me the solution, hallelujah, for this problem. And God will give it to you. He will give you the solution. He will, he will give you the solution to whatever problem you are facing, you are going through. We are facing one problem. And the problem that the church that we're all facing is that there is a tribulation ahead of us, very close to begin. But God already came out with a solution, and it's called the rapture, the cut up in the air. He is going to get us out of here before the problem begins. He has a solution to a bigger problem that we have that is in front of you and I, the tribulation, where people are going to change into zombie and werewolf very soon. But God already, God already came up with a solution. You've got to get in the boat. You've got to sleep on this. You're going to have to get on the boat. 
like Noah, you're going to have to get on the boat. You're going to have to get in the ark. You're going to have to get in the ark. If you've been out of the ark lately, get back into the ark. This is not time to be out of the ark. You need, you're going to have to sleep on this, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you. You're going to have to sleep on this. You need to get back in the ark. You need to get back in the ark with the Lord and trust the Lord that his solution will be the best solution for you and I to get us out of here very soon. Praise the Lord. To bring us with him into heaven until, until he renews the earth again, create the new earth in the new heaven as he promised to the prophets, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. And we begin that millennium. We come down again to begin that millennium. Do not miss the millennium for anyone or anybody. Don't get the mark of the beast either. That's not, that's not a way out for you. If you understand in the tribulation, my friends, if you understand in the tribulation, don't get the mark of the beast, the technology, the RFID in your right hand or in your forehead. Remember that we already heard and know that they already have come out, brothers and sisters, with the RFID recommended only in the right hand or in the forehead. A lot of people who try to cheat the Bible, huh? Oh, man, men think they are so smart. A lot of people try to cheat the Bible and went to the doctors in the United States, thousands of people actually, went to the doctors and got the RFID in the left hand, in the left hand. Most every single case, I mean, when they say most, it's like higher than 90% of all the people that got the RFID in the left hand have to be taken out to be put in the right hand, brothers and sisters. Oh, man. They try, they try shooting God, and when they do that, man, there's always a consequence, always a consequence. Praise your Lord. And I tell you, I heard of the cases. I even saw cases. They got cases on YouTube. You got to watch them. Of people who got the, the RFID, I should have. I, there was a good audio that I wanted to play. I, I got to download some of these audios, have them ready, so when I talk about these things, I can go ahead and play the audios for people to hear from doctors, not Christian doctors, secular doctors, brothers and sisters, PCP personal doctor, removing the RFID from people's left hand to be implanted in the right hand because the ship got the arm got infected. The arm got infected by having the RFID. In the left hand. When it's implanted in the right hand, brothers and sisters, they had asked, doctor, what is the percentage when they've injected in the right hand that it will be infected? So far, none, they say. I heard this from professional doctors in the U.S. So far, none. No cases of anyone being allergic to the chip in the right hand. But when it's implanted in the left hand, uh, they're allergic, they get infected, they have to be removed. Uh, sometimes days after or weeks after, right away, some cases months, they have to remove the ship. They cannot be in the left hand. They have to be implanted in the right hand. And once it's implanted in the right hand, people don't inf- don't experience any effect, any serious effect is what the doctor has said, brothers and sisters. The word of God is true for a thousand generations, brother. brothers and sisters, for a thousand generations and more. The word of God is true. They they. People try to cheat the word, and they know what the word says, and so they go to the doctor and say, no, put it in the left hand. And now doctors, heard this from professional doctors, they don't recommend 
the, that the RFID be implanted, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, be implanted in the left hand. They are recommending the RFID to be implanted in the right hand. That's what doctors are saying. Local doctor, local do- international doctor, brothers and sisters, they're saying this. You can also find this on YouTube. All this information is on YouTube, brothers and sisters. And this is why I need to, to download some of these audio and have it, just because I know a lot of people that don't believe the message, they doubt it. So I, I have to play it for people to see it here. Hear from secular doctor, not Christian doctor, and hear what they have to say about it. And they will tell you from the, their professional opinion, okay? And they'll tell you exactly that implanted in the left hand is not recommended. People will be infected. So I want to tell the Anyone, don't get the RFID, not even in the right hand. Because in the right hand, it was the word of God, hallelujah. It's what, in the, in the, let me look it up, Revelation. And in, in, praise your Lord, in the left hand, brothers and sisters, I'm sorry, in the right hand is what God says, don't, don't get it. Hallelujah. So it says this. In, in uh, Revelation 13, 50, he has power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast shall both speak, cause uh, to be given, many will worship the image of the beast. Uh, uh, praise the Lord. And he causes all boys, small, great, rich, and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or on the forehead. It's where science, medical doctor science, has found out, brothers and sisters, that the RFID will be the right place to be implanted in the human body in the right hand or on the forehead. And so he's going to cost them all. Uh, Obama's looking to have this done by after 2017, uh, I believe he says. Praise your Lord. Verse, verse uh, 17. Thou not may my buy or sell work or, work or be able to go to the supermarket. Say he that the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Praise your Lord. So the mark of the beast, the RFID, was released in March, I believe it was 25th, 2013, by the U.S. President Barack Hussein Obama. Okay? Praise the Lord. And so the, the Bible says, why is the beast wants this mark? Well, it is tied up with, with, with his evil, his own evil, his own personal evil, his own personal evil. Thou no man by myself, but he that has the mark, the, the mark of the name of the beast and the number of his name. His name is tied up with the RFID. But what is the call that the the plan that he 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 brought to the U.S. the Obama Care, the Obama Care, praise the Lord. And when the software that goes in the RFID was made. It has to be tied up with him. Okay, he don't care. For sure he don't care. But the software that was tied up with the RFID, it is still tied up with him. Even if he comes out of the office, even if he comes out of the office, brothers and sisters, the RFID will still have the Obama in there. And the Word of God says clearly, look what it says. This is why we need to read uh, carefully and slow. That no man might buy himself. Say he that has... Had the mark of the, of the the mark of the name of the beast, the name of the beast. This shipment has to have Obama in it, and it has it. It has Obama in the system of the ship, in the number of his name. 
Yes, a number is assigned to each RFID chip, brothers and sisters. So for the computer to be able to identify each individual, a number is assigned. Assigned. Well, the, good, the word of God says that the, the beast name and the number of his name. Well, a number was created with his name is what the word of God teaches us. That is put in the RFID technology, the Obama, and then a number that follow his name, and then the number of the patient. So his his number, his name, and the number are in the RFID already, implanted. Praise your Lord. It is so bad. It is just so bad. A lot of people have not really studied this even deeper because there's so much information tied up with this. Praise your Lord. He has been the only president come out with such technology. Did the U.S. have this technology back in the early 90s, 80s? Uh, in the early 90s, yes, they did. Why didn't they come out with this technology back then when Ronald Reagan or when uh, Bush's father was in office? Why didn't they come out with this? They already had this technology because it was not the time. The time when the bees began, 2008, 2009, that's when they, they have to say, all right, this is, this, this is the time for us to go ahead and put it together. And you heard of many companies coming together and, and, and investing millions of dollars into the RFID technology to modify, to make it better, to, to for the body to be able to work with, and for more information to be put in it. Now, all your medical is in there. All your financial is in there. There's so much information in the RFID that can fake. And the one that they just released, this, this, uh, I think it was past year or in the beginning of this year, is way more advanced. It, is, it can fit more information, and people are loving it. But we are, we are the Christians, we're hating it. They are loving it, but we're hating it. We're rejecting it, what we're doing. Praise the Lord. But they, they are, they are congratulating, congratulating each other for what they have come up with, and they say it's totally secure. And the U.S. is willing to back it up with a lot of money. Totally secure, they say. But for the Christian, for us, it's totally insecure. It's totally evil. And we don't want no part of it. Don't you want any part of it? Because it might be secure, but it might be the security people will have to stay in the tribulation, not to go home in the rapture. That is just that way because the Lord said, this is the mark of the beast to us. As we ask the Lord, many question whether still it is when it is. There are more people now in the world getting the RFID than anything else. They don't even have food stamp or nothing else, but they're getting the RFID. They, they don't have money to eat, and they're getting the RFID. How do you like that? It's even getting more popular than food lately, brothers and sisters. That's how evil it is. So you still think it's not? When, when poor people in Central America, Obama gave the president money to, to bring it to the people, and I have email from poor, poor people who, who have to work for a meal all day long for being offered the RFID by the government, who never gave them anything all their life. They're, they're offering the RFID. So, you know, I, I want you to meditate on exactly what is going on around the world. It's being offered even in Africa, brothers and sisters. Around the world, the RFID now is being brought. The African government had to come out uh, uh, practically with an incentive for the people, which they never had done in all the history, to bring this to the people. 
And so uh, the Palestinians are, are trying to convince the people right now to have the earth, because they want everyone to have it around the earth, around the earth. They have the, Obama then got the whole earth map, map for the RFID. They want every single country to have it by next year. Okay, praise the Lord. And by next year, 2016, they China has already begun to promote the RFID and to implant it on their people. And the government of China wants it more massive. They're already demanding this from their people. And a lot of people that know the word are afraid. They're afraid. That's why people of God cannot be quiet about this. A lot of people have stopped talking about this or preaching about this. You cannot. You cannot. Because uh, you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, when people get the RFID in the right hand, how bad it is. And you, got, you need to hear from the Lord how bad it is. And then it's going to move you right away to start in your Facebook and everywhere telling people, look, don't get it. Because you're talking about millions and billions of people right now being rich, rich with the RFID. They're being, they're, they're reaching out to them. That's what I'm trying to say. They're reaching out to them to get the RFID, brothers and sisters. All these nations, India, all these nations that you thought, well, that they're not going to get it because they don't believe in this stuff. It's not a matter of belief. They're pushing dollar behind it. And, and they're pushing a lot of money behind it. And so these people that have been struggling financially are saying, yes, yes. But they, they don't know the evil that is behind all this. Praise the Lord. And when, every time I talk about this on the Lord's Tower country that are listening to me, they're, they're already telling me, oh, this stuff been promoted. Hallelujah. Been promoted in my country. All over the world, people are just telling me, hey, it's being promoted in my country. The Palestinians are talking about it. So they know exactly what I'm saying. But people here, <clears throat> people in the United States that should be talking about it, the church that should be talking about this, are being quiet. Why is that? When this is coming out of the United States, this evil is coming out of the United States, reaching the whole world, the four corners of the earth, God and Magog, why are you being quiet about it? Why are preacher being quiet about it? It's reaching God and Magog, brothers and sisters. The four corners of the earth is being reached by the RFID. If it's not the mark of the beast, why are poor countries who have nothing to do with technology being reached by the RFID? You tell me now. Poor people, poor families that are writing to me, telling me about this. Some, some people, just to be able to write an email to me, have to go to someone or have to, have to ask someone to do it for them, please. Some people don't know how to even send an email. And they go to someone and say, please, would you send this email to Brother Alvey just to let them know what is going on from Central America. Poor, poor, poor country, brothers and sisters. But they hear what is going on with the government offering the RFID, pushing this stuff to the throat, brothers and sisters, on them. So what are they realizing? This is the mark of the beast because why, why, why so much emphasis on it? Why is it so important that people have to have it? Why so much business people in Central America have to have it and they have it already? Why? Why are these major companies uh, in, 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 I believe it was in Ecuador, someone was writing to me, that the, the government was pushing this through the radios, uh, radio and television, and they were being demanded that they have it. 
by the government. And so all these radio stations, all these people that work on it, went and got the RFID, and the, and, and, the, and the employee of these radios was telling them, you have to have it. If you're going to work here, you have to have the RFID. So they were demanding this from the people, literally just telling people, no, you're going to have to get it. If you want to work here, you have to get it. Because some people say, I don't want to get this stuff. I, what do I, I don't know what this thing, what do I need to have this? And the, and the employer was telling them, no, you have to have it. Why? Because the government behind them is pushing it on them, and now they're pushing it on their people. So it's practically being made mandatory, brothers and sisters. Mandatory. And they don't have they, – the government is just bringing this and telling them they have to have it, and where is in their constitution? So they're just using their power, their political power to do this. That's what they're doing, brothers and sisters. Like the Obamacare being brought in the United States. They're being brought here because uh, all the other care, care that they have for the people, they call it free care, was taken away, like it happened in Massachusetts, and all they had available was Obamacare. Praise the Lord. And then the doctor will tell you, well, you need the RFID. And you're sitting there, what do you mean? The information was secure. And then telling the homeless, you got to get the RFID, or if you go apply for for full stamp, uh, you you will have a tough problem, a tough time, and you may not even get it. And so a lot of people who who, who have, have, have such a tough time, who have no money, no food, no job to eat, and, and went to the line applying for full stamp, and you know, and they did not get it, they will be in total. If you get the RFID, you automatically qualify for full stamp. So a lot of people say, all right, here's, here's my hand. And so uh, that's why in the FEMA camp, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In the FEMA camps, people are getting the RFID, homeless people, just to get the, the, the full stamp. They're getting it. I mean, I've seen this homeless guy going to, to uh, Rite Aid, I believe it was, and, and I'm going in Nashville to Rite Aid, and I see this guy, and you know, I, I, it looks to me like he needed money for food. Or, so I said, let me give him a few dollars so he can get some bread or whatever he needs to eat. And and when I looked at his arm, he had his arm crossed. I can see the RFID in his right hand. And immediately I I stopped. Because this is not something I preach. I talk on the Lord's Hour. But for me to see a homeless person with the RFID in the right hand, to me that's like, wait a minute. Am I in the tribulation already? What's going on here? And I told people, I even told people here on the Lord's Tower, I said, that's it. What is this? What is this? And then we were ministering to this girl, homeless girl, and she was telling, he was telling us how his, her friends, they're all getting the RFID. People from the street, she sleeps most of her life on the street. She's homeless. We were helping her with food, clothing, and that. And she was telling us about this. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, man, this is sad. This is sad. But he had the RFID in his right hand, and I'm I'm scratching my hand whether I should give him some money, or should I say, well, he already got the RFID. Tough situation, brothers. Believe me, very tough for me. Very difficult. Um, I I you know this stuff was came out in 2013. I didn't think that. Um, uh, I didn't think, brothers and sisters, that I would encounter people or people, homeless people, poor people that have the RFID in my life before I went home to be with the Lord. I, I didn't think so. 
I thought business people, when I would see business people and all things like that, but homeless people, people in the street with the RFID, it made me very uncomfortable. Very, very. I'm not used to that because I know that it means the market of beast. I asked the Lord myself. He told me it is. And for me to see homeless people, poor people with the RFID in the right hand, I, I really felt very uncomfortable. Praise your Lord. Very uncomfortable just to see the situation. And I didn't know how to go about it. It, it, just, it just broke my heart because the Lord told me it is the mark of the beast. Praise the Lord. And somehow I was hoping that I was wrong. Believe me, somehow I thought, well, maybe I, I, someone would tell me, no, the Lord told me it's not. Or, you know, brothers and sisters, a lot of these things were so shocking to me. Even when the Lord told me it's so shocking, it's still um it took me some time to really say, wow, because when Chu Thomas sent me the email and told me about this, I needed to ask the Lord right away. It's what I tell people. You hear something from me, you ask the Lord. And I went to the Lord of heart, and I said, Lord, is is this really what Chu Thomas, your daughter, says? And he said, yes. The word was, yes, let your yes be yes, and your no be no. He said, yes, it is to me. And I'm like, wow, wow, this this is shocking. This 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 is a a strong word for me. And I even thought, how am I going to come on the Lord's hour and talk about this? I didn't I didn't really wanted to, really. But since the Lord told me yes, I I really had come out and just say it is, you know. And a lot of people did not agree with me, but a lot of people, Lord is raising more prophets, confirming it to more people. So now a lot of people don't know oh, it is, it is because the Lord. It's really yet confirming it to a lot of people. Brothers and sisters, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, keep your family in prayer. Pray for yourself. Prepare for the rapture. Prepare to go home with the Lord. Prepare to go home with the Lord. We are deep into the midnight hours. There is no time left. The Lord told me, God, the Father told me that there's no time left. Brothers and sisters, no time left. Praise the Lord. If a lot of people don't believe that we are deep into the midnight hour, if they don't believe that Jesus is going to come any day, any minute, if they don't believe this, they are going to open their eyes soon in the tribulation. And when they see these people turning on zombie and beast, they're going to say, Brother Alvy, and many of these people were right. We should have listened to them. Because the Lord allowed me allowed me to hear people who stay to say they were right is what they say. What they was what these people were preaching was right. But it's so sad because I would like to reach out more people. That's why I ask people, I need your help. I need your help. I cannot do this on my own. If 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 you are afraid to say anything, take my audio, post it everywhere, post it whatever you can, promote it. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm saying it. Although people just will say, you should not say it. No, I'm saying it. Praise the Lord, because if one people believe and repent and seek the Lord, that's one soul that is saved. And that's what's important, my brothers and sisters. That soul will be saved. That soul will come to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That they will give the light to Jesus. They will give the light to Jesus. Praise the Lord. And some people who have been in the situation I was and seen people with the RFID have written to me and said, Brother Alvi, I seen it myself, and I was shocked 
But all I can remember is what you said on the Lord Tower. My goodness, Elway, this is real. Praise your Lord. It is real. It is happening. And it's happening more every day. More every day. It might be that by the middle of 2016, if we ever get there, I don't know. It might be that more than 50% of the U.S. US Americans or have the RFID already. That's how fast they are pushing this, brothers and sisters. They have even said, they have even asked Donald Trump, would he continue to promote the Obamacare? He said, yes. Hillary Clinton would do it and put a lot of money behind, and Donald Trump would do it. So if your hope is in Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, know that they will go further with this stuff. They will keep pushing this stuff. They'll keep promoting the Obamacare. They are over Obama. Hillary and Obama are together. Obama and Donald Trump are together. Don't think any other thing. Trust the Lord. Stop trusting men. We have a lot of people here trusting men in the U.S. You got to stop that. You need to trust the Lord. You need to trust Jesus. You need to trust God. You need to get back in your relationship with the Lord and stop trusting Donald Trump. Stop trusting, trusting your government. Stop trusting Hillary Clinton. None of them are trustworthy. None of them are trustworthy. You need to trust Jesus. He is trustworthy. He has never lied. He's been truthful from the beginning. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. More people will, will continue to have dreams about Hillary Clinton. Over three, I remember even in the beginning of the Lord's Tower, the, God gave me a dream, a revelation of Hillary Clinton. I share my revelation with people. Back then, people did not believe me. Praise the Lord. I saw a woman, praise the Lord, coming into the government to lead the government. Praise the Lord. And, and when, when I saw the woman, it was Hillary Clinton, brothers and sisters. And I told people back then, you said, oh, you're crazy. She will not be the next president because Obama became the next president after that. But I saw her, and, and, and the Lord showed this to me, and God was not pleased. God was not pleased, brothers and sisters. Now, the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world. John says it's in the world. Hallelujah. It's been in the world. Hallelujah. The Antichrist spirit is, is in the White House all over the world, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. John, 1 John 2, 22 says, Who is a liar? But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ, the same is the Antichrist, that denied the Father and the Son. So what is the Antichrist's job? What is his focus? What is his plan? What is his agenda to come against Christ, Jesus, and the Father? Deny Jesus and the Father. Come with people without an unbelief. That's what his agenda is. And that is agenda in the U.S. That is agenda in 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 um in the world. It's agenda in the world for for to deny Christ. We know that Hillary Clinton had denied Christ. We know that Obama too. These people all had denied. Well, if you believe me, uh, here his his sermon on the mount. Him talking about the sermon on the mount, uh, Matthew uh, five. Go, go look it up on YouTube and hear him speaking about the Word of God, the Bible, and watch what he said. It is an abomination, what he says. 
It is so sad. He's mocking God with his word. That is uh, Revelation 13 about the beast. He raised himself against all that is God. That's what he's doing. That's what Herod we have done in these people. They deny Christ and the Father, the assistant of the gospel. The truth, the truthness of the gospel, they come against it with every breath they take, brothers and sisters. They, they don't like God because they, they know God is going to throw them in the lake of fire. It's where they're going, to the lake of fire. And they don't like that idea. They think they want to reign. They want to reign. They're going to reign with Christ, but they're going to burn by themselves in the lake of fire. It's what's going to happen. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to rest my throat, brothers and sisters. So, man, we have a lot of listeners on the phone. Praise the Lord. I got the latest prophecy here ready to play. And so I want to go ahead and, and, and play them. Here's some prophecy from yesterday. Let me pray today, pro- play today prophecy. They're very good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shalom, everyone. Welcome to the Lord Tower. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. We thank you, Jesus, for this privilege, Lord, that we have to come and share your word, Lord Jesus, tonight, mighty Lord. Mighty Jesus, we pray in your name. We bind the strong men and all hinder and spare, Lord, for anoint the salvation of west, Lord Jesus, from the pit of hell. Hallelujah, Lord, from the heavenly places, from the power of earth. Mighty Jesus, mighty Yeshua, in Jesus' name, Yeshua, name, Jehoshua, name, oh, Lord, send 900 billion warriors, angel, Lord, for anoint the southeast, the west, up and down, in Jesus' name, Yeshua, name, Lord. Allow me to share your message, Lord Jesus, your word tonight. Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name, Lord Jesus, break the power of the evil one, Lord, that are trying to block your message, Lord Jesus. Mighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name, we pray the Lord, we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you will be glorified tonight, Lord Jesus, about you and not us, Lord. In Jesus' name, oh, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to minister to every life listening, Lord Jesus. Mighty Lord, to break loose the power of the evil one over your people's life, family, and home, Lord Jesus. Lord, the salvation to us. In Jesus' name, Yeshua, name, mighty Lord. Almighty oh, God, glorify yourself tonight, mighty Jesus. Mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua, in Jesus' name, O Lord. Allow us, Lord, to share your word tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, where you, Lord Jesus, will, hallelujah, will minister to your people, Lord, according to the need, mighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name. O Lord, O glory and honor be unto you, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Thank you, mighty Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Second uh, Peter, brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Second Peter 3 is where I'm going to be reading tonight, mighty Lord, hallelujah. Uh, second apostle of Peter, the apostle Peter, uh, chapter 3 says, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, and both in which I stirred up your purity of mind by by way of remembrance, so our mind can be purified by remembering the word of God. Hallelujah. And we we stirred it. We, we, we will stir the purity in us. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, there, Lord, body. Praise you, Lord. By the word of God, brothers and sisters, we read and remember what the word of God says, brothers and sisters. 
that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before him by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, apostle of the Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. So the word that came to us came through God's holy prophet, a holy Jesus who says, Be thou holy in all thy way. Purify their life through the word of God. Hallelujah. Make them ready to be able to speak his word through the, through the life through the mind, through the cleansed, purifying mind. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. So God is so awesome, brothers and sisters, that he's able to cleanse our life, to use us for his glory. Amen. And everything, of course, is for his glory. But he's able to do it. Thank you, Jesus. All glory be to him. Hallelujah. And unto us. Praise you, Lord, because he does it for his glory. And as long as we recognize that it's him that does it, it is humility, brothers and sisters. Amen. Brother Bottle, shalom. Welcome to the Lord Tower. Hello, Brother Abby. It's nice, it's nice to hear you. Amen, Brother. Nice to have you here again. Brother Bottle is my guest tonight. Thank you, Lord. He's going to share tonight what the Lord has been giving him, the revelation the Lord has been giving him. Praise the Lord. Let me go ahead and, and continue to read this word. This word is important. Sure. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Knowing the, this first, uh, there, there shall come in the last day scoffers, scoffers walking after their own lust, walking after their own lust. So in these last days, scoffers, praise you, Lord, the word of God says that they will come walking after their own lust, lust of the flesh. We know According to Galatians chapter 5, what are, what are the desire of the flesh? We, we need to stay away from what our flesh wants because we don't walk after the flesh. We walk after the spirit, which is Amen. humanity, love, hallelujah, and so much more. Thank you, Jesus. So we, we need to be careful when I'm walking after the flesh, that we are walking in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so it is a great example. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, the Apostle Peter, uh, Paul says to the Galatians, this is, this I say them, walk in the Spirit, and you should not fulfill the laws of the flesh. Why is that? Because if you walk after the desire of your flesh, you are going to sin. You're going to get on the angry side of God, and you don't want to do that. Thank you, Lord. If you walk after the desire of the flesh, flesh cannot submit to the spirit, and it cannot submit to God. But the spirit, it is what pleases God because it's love. And when you walk in love, you will always please God. You walk in the spirit. You're not satisfying. Thank you, Jesus. Your flesh, your flesh wants flesh. Your flesh wants to get angry. Your flesh wants to fight. The flesh wants all these things that are not of the spirit, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. For the flesh lasted against the spirit. Hallelujah. And the spirit against the flesh. And they are contrary to one another so that you can now do the things that ye would. What, what we ye would? We would do the word of God if we submit to the, to the spirit, brothers and sisters. That's what he's talking about. So we need to be careful that our flesh, our flesh and desire are not running our life because if they aren't, we become under the wrath of God, and God don't want to destroy us. God wants to give us life. 
That's what Jesus came for, brothers and sisters. But if ye are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. But if we are under, if we walk by the flesh, we come, we become or we come under the law. And under the law comes death, brothers and sisters. That's a, this is the side part. After you walk in the flesh, you walk, praise your Lord. And then, there you go, verse 20. I, what are the desires of the flesh? They're manifested, says Paul. Now the, the work of the flesh is manifested. They are the adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, quarreling, revivally, rap, strife, sedition, heresy, heresy, envying, murder, drunkenness, revealing, or reveling, and such like about these things. I tell you again, as I had also told you in time past, that those who do so much things should not inherit the kingdom of God. Anyone walking under the flesh, talking out, Jesus cannot bring them to heaven. Definitely. It's a clear message. You cannot go home in the rapture if you walk under the flesh, brothers and sisters. This is why we need to walk in the spirit, because we don't want to stay. Whoever wants to stay can stay. Praise your Lord. But if we that wants to go home, we cannot walk under the flesh. If we wants to go home, if he wants to go home, we walk under the Spirit. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Praise Thank you, God. Jesus. Amen. Because the rapture is so close, there's no time to be walking under the side of the flesh. Verse 4 of Second Peter 3, and saying, where, but where is the promise of his coming? A lot of people are saying that today. Brother Obi, where's the promise? The Lord said he will come. How come he haven't come yet? They say to me, praise you, Lord. Well, the Word of God tells you why. Tells you, you and I, why he has not come yet. God is slow to anger, brothers and sisters. We we have to recognize that. It don't mean he's not going to come. It's not, it don't mean that, that he's not going to send his son. He is slow to anger. He, 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 he preferred to have mercy on the world, on us, than destroying people quickly without giving them time to repent. He's giving people time to repent. But if people don't take it serious, they're going to be destroyed. A lot Amen. of people say, oh, it's not going to happen. Oh, it's not going to happen. Look how long he's taking. He's not going to do it. They are misunderstanding God. His wrath is real. His judgment is real. How he not destroyed other generations before us thousands of years ago? He did. Then he gave them time. Yes, he did also. Gave them enough time to repent. But when they did not took heed to his message, he ended up destroying it. Praise you, Lord. And God right now, Father God is very angry, very angry, brothers and sisters. I'm going to share with you what, he, what, I, what Jesus showed me this morning about Father God. Thank you, Lord. Today is a powerful message, a specific message. Praise you, Lord, here to the people of New York, people in the United States, need to understand that they cannot keep playing around with God. God cannot be marked, brothers and sisters. And that's what a lot of people are doing. And God mm. is going to do things that it will not be pleasing to a lot of people very soon. That's what Father God showed me which I'm going to share tonight, brothers and sisters. He showed this to me this morning. Jesus took me out in the spirit, praise your Lord, and showed me these things. His mercy are great and wonderful, and he has he been having a lot of mercy on us. But it don't mean this is going to go on 
hallelujah, without any judgment. A lot of people are misunderstanding God. And, and it's a hard thing to fall into the hand of a living God. And that's what people are falling into, and they don't even notice. And his judgment will come. Praise you, Lord. I just want to go into the word before I share the word, and I have Brother Father come and share what the Lord has been talking to him about. Praise you, Lord, and showing him. Brothers and sisters, we want to encourage you. We don't, we don't want you to walk under fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But you need to understand that God cannot be mocked like a lot of people are doing. They think that God is not going to do what he's been saying to his prophet. God is being merciful, long-suffering, and they are misunderstanding what God, Father God, is saying. And he will release his wrath on this earth. And it's going to happen soon, quickly than what a lot of people think. Praise the Lord. He's going to destroy this earth, brothers and sisters. He's going to. In his timing, though, in his timing. Not in our timing. A lot of people will prefer that this happened years ago. It don't work that way. His mercy needs to come first. Because as people will be crying in hell, they need to understand that God gave them many years of mercy. Okay? Like there are a lot of people crying in hell right now to God. Why are they there? And God gave them many years of mercy. A, a, a message to their life. He came to them in many different ways, and they did not listen and they ignored God, and now they find themselves in that place. So will millions of people very soon. This is why a lot of people don't understand a lot of life are at stake here. Lots of life are at stake, and God is being long-suffering. But this is not going to last forever. This is about to all be destroyed. It's about to all end soon. I don't have a day or a time, but as God is telling me, it's soon. As he's revealing it to me, it's soon. And I, I don't want to be a, a, a bad messenger or a messenger of bad news. I want to tell you what is about to come tonight. It's after you to pray. It's after you to repent. It's after you to seek the Lord. Because when that distraction comes, Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. It, that's going to be act for a lot of lives. There will be many lives going to hell. In Jesus Christ, they not came to kill or destroy. That was the devil. He came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He wants people to, if they die, die in Christ. Whether we live or die, says Paul. Hallelujah. We have the Lord. We want to go home with Jesus. That, that's what God wants. That's why he gave us his son to die on the cross. So we have the opportunity to repent and go to heaven. That's what God wants. That's what Jesus wants. That's what the Holy Spirit wants for us to go to hell. I'm sorry, to heaven, not hell. Now end up in hell. That's what I meant to say. Praise you, Lord. So so they, well, this is what they say. The scoffer says, saying, where is the promise of his coming? So those scoffers are the ones saying this. We are looking forward to the, his coming. But the scoffers are saying, where is the prophet of his coming? Marking God. For since the Father fell asleep, all the things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. How many people do you hear saying that today? Oh, I've just been this way for so many years. I'm 80 years old, and i always seen this since I was little. I'm 70. I've seen this since I was little. You heard people saying this. So that gives young people... 
the opportunity to mock God, to laugh at God, to laugh at the gospel of Jesus, and they think that this is the way things are going to be, when mm. it's not so. It's not so. This will, this will not be this way for too long. And a lot of people will see the judgment of the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As Moses said to the Israelites, today you will see the salvation of the Lord before the rest is open. Today you will see the salvation of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is the day that we're going to see very soon, the salvation of the Lord for his people. As he takes the bride of Christ home, he took the children of Israel through the water, a miracle. He takes the bride home, a miracle, the rapture, the cut up in the ear. All this stuff is about to happen soon, sooner than what a lot of people think. Praise the Lord. It's one of the things that Jesus was telling Brother Obama. He was telling me today on the phone. A lot of people don't realize how close. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, don't realize how close Jesus is to come for his bride. You're going to hear from Brother Obama what he was telling me on the phone. It's true. A lot of people don't realize. A lot of people are losing hope when they should not. The bride of Christ should not lose hope. Our hope is Christ. If you lose hope, you lose Christ. You cannot lose Christ. Cry out to him with all your heart. Cry out to him with all your heart. Tell your heart for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But don't lose hope. Don't lose Christ, because Christ is our hope. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hang on to the Lord. Verse 5. For, uh, for of this they are willfully ignorant. That's exactly what's going on with the world right now. For they are willfully ignorant by the word of God, the heaven were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and in the water, thank you, Jesus, whereby the world is in them was being overflowed, where water perished. Thank you, Jesus. So in the times of Noah, God with water destroyed the earth. Who would have thought that a simple 40-day raining would have created a, a tsunami that will destroy the whole earth. Scientists are still scratching their head on this. They're still trying to understand because there is a lot of proof that the earth was destroyed. But a 40-day nonstop raining, well, a lot of people, they are looking at this more in the natural than the supernatural power of God opening the cloud for the overflowing of the water to come upon the earth. So the natural, hallelujah, was overflowed by the supernatural power of Father God. That's what they ignore, because they're looking at the natural. But the supernatural power of God is what they don't see. It's what they cannot ponder. Praise you, Lord. But that's exactly what God does with his supernatural power. When it comes brothers and sisters, it will be seen by all eyes because the people in the times of Noah could see the way of water, maybe 200, 300, 400 feet of water, but now it's too late, and that's exactly what's going to happen to people soon. Last night, the Lord took me out of my body and took me to Brooklyn, and there's a bridge, people in New York know this, between Brooklyn and New York. And I got, I had driven through that bridge before, and I tell you this, 
the Father God, as I was invited to preach in a church for over 500 members last night, and as I was in a cab in a cab in New York, we were we were uh, the church was near the bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, and uh, praise you, Lord. As I was in the cab, about to come out of the cab, I came out. Before I came out, I saw this lightning coming on the bridge, powerful lightning, powerful, powerful lightning. It went through the whole bridge. You know what happened when lightning and metal, the bridge is metal, it, it just made a loud cloud of, uh, of light, powerful power, uh, cloud of light. Praise the Lord. And it was hitting all the all, all that part of Brooklyn. And I came out of the cab immediately, and I wonder, I, I was wondering of this spectacle right in front of my eyes, brothers and sisters. And all of a sudden, I see Father God image coming down, and immediately I said, God, Father, come into the earth. I immediately knew this was no good. There was this, this was no good. Praise you, God. I knew immediately this was judgment. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. And when Father God came down, he began to speak to me, and he says, I want you to deliver this message to my people. Praise the Lord. And as the message was, he immediately was showing in front of me people on New York, preachers on New York in the United States, famous preacher, dropping dead in the pulpit in church. Wow. And he says, I am going to kill these scoffers and markers are my words in front of them for them to believe and repent, he says to me. Praise you, Lord. And I'm trembling in that glory of God, Father God, and he's telling me, it is time, it is time, hallelujah, for me to remove the fakers, the markers, position my servants, the servants, my servants, put them in position. But I am moving those fakers of my words. Praise you, Lord, out of the pulpits, out of television. They're going to die in front of the people. And I saw people that I knew on television dying of heart attack and different things, strokes right there in front of people, but I could also see the power of God taking them out. Right in front of my eyes, I'm like, I'm like, have mercy on me. <laughs> Praise your Lord. Praise your God. And it's not that I consider myself God for America, brothers and sisters, but I want God to always have mercy on me. Praise your Lord. And he was killing them. Praise the Lord all over the United States. And he says this is going to happen very soon in front of people's eyes. He is going to begin to clean, remove what is not his from amongst his people. Because a lot of people believe that the gospel of Christ is what is being preached on television today. When it's totally not. This prosperity gospel is not the gospel of Christ. And Father God said enough, enough, enough. They have marked him enough, and he's going to cut them out. Praise the Lord. He's going to cut them out, he says. And at this time, I'm trembling. My whole body is trembling, shaking. 
And he says, go and tell, tell my people this message. What am I about to do? Praise you, Lord. And I'm here to tell you this, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. I hope this message is put on Facebook and everywhere, and YouTube and everywhere, for them to hear, because they're going to see it. It is not so much to hear, but it's so much what they are about. They are going to see, and God has been warning people in the United States of this. Dr. Award has said how so much full profit are preaching in international television and in the churches of America, mocking God with the gospel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mocking God with this gospel. That is not mm-hmm. of Father God. It's not of the Lord. And Father God saying, enough. Enough. He is not pleased. He is not pleased. They don't know God. They think they do, but they don't. It has been long enough. And mm-hmm. Father God, my goodness, brothers and sisters, he is very angry. And when he takes action, the only thing the Lord says, Father, have mercy. I tell you this. At this time, I cannot see the Lord or hear the Lord. But in other occasions, when I see Father God so angry, all the Lord says is, Father, have mercy. Father, have mercy. Because he knows how angry Father God can get. And the mountain melts and hell burns. It makes itself bigger for these people to come down. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Hell is stretching herself for these bodies, for these souls that are going to come down soon. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, let's pray for our soul to be kept. Let's repent. Let's keep our salvation with trembling in fear. Because God come down to remove the faker, the mocker, the scoffers of his word. Praise the Lord. This is going to happen more and more and more. Praise you, God. You're going to see these preachers dead in front of the camera. I've seen this before, brothers and sisters. And now Father God said he's saying he's going to do it again. Don't be surprised because as soon as I saw Father God do this, I saw the people all confused, grabbing the body of the preacher in front of the camera that God just said, kill just kill, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And people were troubled by this. People were troubled by this. Brothers and sisters, may God have mercy. That's it. But that's it, Father God said he had enough. He had enough. No more of this happening among these people. Because this misleads the sheep. It makes them think this is the gospel of Christ. Makes them think this is the gospel of Christ, and it's not. The gospel of Christ, the pure gospel that Jesus gave his life for. They are stepping all over it. They're stepping all over it, brothers and sisters. Praise your Lord. God have mercy. God have mercy. But this is his justice, brothers and sisters. His justice, hallelujah, must come to pass, must be fulfilled. God must be justice. He must be justice with all. He is merciful, but his justice has to come to pass too. He must do this, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Verse 7, but the heaven and the earth which now are, but the same word are kept and stored, reserved unto fire, 
the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly man. All this fire that is about to be released from heaven, hallelujah, it will come on the ungodly, ungodly, those that have none of Christ in them, those that have none of the Holy Spirit in them, brothers and sisters, it will come on them because they are not repenting. And when they hear the gospel, because these these preachers of prosperity, a lot of people don't want anything to do with the gospel. Because they said, look what these people are doing, just making money on people. They have turned the pure gospel of Christ, the holy gospel of Christ, the truthful gospel of Christ, the way gospel to God of Christ into a money-making machine. And it's confusing the living daylight out of people, brothers and sisters. This new soul that are coming to Christ when they turn on Daystar, TVN, the garbage they get. It's not from the gospel. They twist and turn the gospel of Christ, the pure gospel that Jesus Christ gave his life to. For, brothers and sisters, but the heaven and the earth which are now, now are, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of the ungodly man. Praise you, Lord. They are being judged by the word in the last days. And Father God, wrath is going to come upon them. Praise the Lord. I hope some of them repent, brothers and sisters. But God has given them enough time, and they keep mocking God. It's what they're doing, mocking him. Galatians 6, 7, mm. be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whosoever a man soweth, so shall he reap. They are sowing what they don't want to reap, brothers and sisters. Because when they reap what, what they're sowing, it's going to lead them straight to hell. Straight to the pit of hell. The devil and his demons are down there waiting for them to fall. They know, Satan knows how holy and truthful God is. He's not going to stand for all this evil that men are doing. In their way, it's heading to hell. That's what they're heading to, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. It's coming. Brother Bother, go ahead and share what, what the Lord has been talking to you about. Are you serious? Are you serious? Folks, we've got some information that's very, very concerning, especially when you think about plagues and pestilences, diseases in the last days. Now, Chipotle restaurants had to close 43 of their restaurants because E. coli outbreak. Chipotle closed 43 of its restaurants in Washington State and Oregon as health officials investigated E. coli outbreak that appears to be linked to a fast, the fast food chain. Now, matter of fact, as of Saturday, there were three cases of E. coli in Oregon and at least 19 cases of E. coli in the state of Washington. And one-third of those stricken were hospitalized, very ill. Now, while the outbreak appears to be linked to food served at Chipotle restaurants, the food or other sources of contamination hasn't yet been determined and remains under investigation, according to the Washington State Department of Health. Now, Chipotle has also been linked to salmonella outbreaks in Minnesota and... Uh, 
this is not good, folks. Matter of fact, most E. coli is harmless, according to the Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention. However, some types can be transmitted through contaminated water or food and cause symptoms like diarrhea and vomiting. The safety and well-being of our customers is always on the highest priority. And a restaurant, according to a statement from Chipotle spokesman Chris Arnold, and after being notified by health department officials in the Seattle area and in Portland, Oregon, uh, you know, here we are with 19 cases and three cases, so 22 total cases of E. coli, and half those folks are in the hospital, or excuse me, one-third of them are in the hospital. Now, while that's going on, Jesus said we would have plagues and pestilences, different types of diseases would come upon the earth as a sign of the end times. Matter of fact, the bubonic plague has also been found in a teenager in Oregon again. The authorities in Oregon have confirmed the case of the bubonic plague in a teenager, who, uh, this young girl who is believed to have contracted the disease from a flea bite. Now, the plague is rare and treatable with antibiotics if caught early. Of course, we know that the bubonic plague killed a third of the world uh, centuries ago, uh, and it was known as the Black Death, killing about a third of the population in Europe. Federal authorities have been puzzled by the increase of cases of bubonic plague this year here in America. Uh, in a statement, the state and health officials in Oregon said they thought the girl was infected during a hunting trip uh, in October the 16th. Uh, and so she's very ill. She, she then got very ill on October 21st and was hospitalized days later. And she right now is in intensive care unit in the hospital. We, she really needs our prayers. All these folks that's uh, sick and in the hospital and, and ill from uh, Chipotle restaurants, from E. coli, the bubonic plague, all these folks really need our prayers, folks. It is a devastating thing that happened to you. I know I know. just two weeks ago when I came down ill with uh, hepatitis A uh, and was hospitalized three days in Canada, I didn't had no idea that you could get that ill that quickly. And I'm still in the process of recovering, but I am recovering. And so we praise God for that. Pray for these folks, all right? Because Jesus is the Savior and the healer, and they need our prayers. But this is one of the signs of the end times that Jesus told us would come upon the earth. Are you saved? We're living in the last days. Christ is coming soon. Are you serious? Are you serious? Folks, now I've seen a lot bigger earthquakes than what's happening right now. And I've seen days where there was way more earthquakes than what I see right now. But I wanted to show you a map. You can see the ring of fire, uh, what's known as the ring of fire, obviously, all along here, all along here, the ring of fire, okay? Now, there is some other earthquakes that take place in different parts of the world all the time, but this ring of fire is getting more and more volatile all the time. And Alaska, in the last, uh, about within the last two hours, has really, really been hit with several very powerful quakes up here. But let me tell you what's happened. Forty earthquakes in the last 24 hours. Um, 
that are at least 2.5 or more. But folks, it's like the earth is reeling and rocking back and forth, which is exactly what Isaiah said would happen in the last days in Isaiah 24, verse 20. It says the earth's going to reel and rock like a drunken man. Now, we've had a 5.9 earthquake way down there in Chile, uh, a 4.0 in Afghanistan, a 4.5 in Argentina, a 4.5 in East Timor, then there was two smaller quakes in the British Virgin Islands. 5.5 strong quake was in Taiwan. Um, there were some uh, uh, smaller quakes, U.S. Virgin Islands, the British Virgin Islands. Then there was a 4.5 that hit Vanuatu, followed by 2.7 U.S. Virgin Islands, 4.7 Japan, 3.3 the British Virgin Islands, 4.3 California, 5.2 Fiji, 4.5 Japan, 5.1 El Salvador in Central America, 3.2 Arizona, 3.3 Virgin, the British Virgin Islands, 3.6 Alaska, 2.6 Puerto Rico, 2.9 Alaska, 4.1 Arizona, 3.0 California, 4.7 in the uh, Rike James Ridge, 5.9 Alaska, 5.2 Alaska, 4.2 Alaska, 5.0 Alaska, 5.3 Alaska. It's just a swarm right in here at the tip of Alaska there. 3.1 Puerto Rico, 2.6 Puerto Rico, 4.5 Alaska, 2.7 Alaska, 4.9 the Fiji Islands, 2.9 Utah, 2.9 Washington State, 4.9 Pakistan just hit, and 2.6 California minutes ago. Um, so there is a definite ring of fire swarm. Now, now it could start to cool down, calm down, or we might be getting ready to see something even larger before the day is over. But it's because it's not just one spot. There's some powerful quakes moving all around this ring of fire. I mean, look at them all around here. Good-sized quakes, activity, a ton of flurry here. Good-sized earthquakes hitting, uh, and then of course way over here, which you can't probably can't even see on your screen, way over here, just now in Pakistan. Okay, I don't even know if I can get the camera over there far enough. There we go. But just just now over here. Okay. So, but there is certainly a significant activity going on in the ring of fire right now and uh, we're going to keep a close eye on all of it and keep you up to speed as the day goes on because we're seeing apocalyptic events definitely pointing to the signs of the end times. Jesus said it in Matthew 24 when he talked about all the wars, the rumors of wars and false Christ and false prophets arise and nations against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, famines, droughts, you know, pestilences, diseases of course and earthquakes in many different places. We need to pray because uh, we're living in a very, very 
last days. And so who knows what that means? But I've had people say, well, when are they going to start, Brother Begley? When do you see the last days starting? We're in it! I just don't know when it's going to end. But I know I'm standing in the middle of it. I've watched it every day. Biblical prophecy is taking place at an accelerated rate. And now we're getting reports. They uh, just got reports about this plane that was uh, that came down in Egypt, the Russian plane. We'll find out it did. It was caused by a Im- mechanical impact inside the plane. So it was not shot down out of the air. Is a lot stronger evidence that it was blew it blew up from within uh, and brought. Mechanical failure that brought this plane down. We'll see. Russia has now really got a close eye on ISIS. ISIS says they did it. Maybe they had somebody working at the airport that planted a device in there that brought this plane down. We don't know. But uh, ISIS says they did it. We'll keep a close eye on all of these things happening. We're in the last days. Don't miss today's live broadcast. My show starts at 12 noon Eastern at my website. It is going to be powerful. It is prophetic. And it is absolutely necessary to know what's going on in these last days. Jesus is coming soon. Are you serious? Are you serious? Can I read? Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Can I read just some of this chapter? There's no way I can read this whole chapter to you and explain it. Because it would be a three-hour sermon. So instead, let's read just a few verses. All right, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, Now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated, that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation... He had his testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's just stop right there, because the first six verses of this chapter is enough to literally... Shake I don't care what you believe in. There's enough in these six verses that literally will shake every ounce of foundation you're standing on if you're not standing on Jesus Christ. First of all, first and foremost, without faith it's impossible to please God. And so, uh, so the the chapter begins with now. Faith is. Faith is now. Faith is a fact. Oh, by the way, faith is not a mystery. Faith is not something you're hoping for. Faith is an evidence, an evident fact. So now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith 
is a fact. It's a substance and an evidence. And so in a, in a court of law, faith would be a tangible and relevant factual information that could be presented before a jury. And if you don't have any faith and you have no substance, you have no evidence, and you have no relevance to what you're trying to say. Well, I just don't know. I don't, you know, I got people running around and say, well, I kind of think Aristotle might have been onto something. Uh, maybe Nietzsche or Sigmund Freud, or it's possible that maybe uh, one of the uh, Buddhist priests I met may be onto something. None of that, are you serious? You're out on a limb with Shirley MacLaine. Faith is a substance, an evidential, factual guarantee that with faith in Christ, mountains move. Blind eyes open that when Jesus touched them, spit in the clay, wash in the pool of shalom. Yes, ears, deaf ears, unstopped. The dumb, the tongue of the dumb loosed. Leprosy cured. Cripples walked. The lame leaped <laughs> the blind could see I mean faith is a substance it is a tangible evidence and, and because of faith for by it by faith the elders obtained a good report you cannot please God you cannot do the will of God if you don't believe God if you don't believe his word we've got preachers today standing behind pulpits who say these words well, the Bible makes a good, is, it, we use it for a reference for our sermon. But they will not preach it as the infallible Word of God. But instead, they, they say, well, there's some good points in it. I get, I get food for thought. It is, it does bring, there is some relevance I can pull from it. Are you serious? Are you serious? You can't have a good report with God if you can't even believe His Word. All right, and then look what it says in verse 3. Through faith... We understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Hello! So when you start talking about the Big Bang Theory, the Bible says, We know, we understand, Paul said, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. When God said, let there be light, and there was light, He pulled the, the matter out of the dark matter. He pulled the light out of the darkness. He spoke into existence the entire universe, universes, dimensions, and different levels of His great, majestic power of creativity. Are you serious? I understand the law of relativity, but do you understand the law of creativity? Uh, don't get me started here. And then look, look at verse four. I mean, we could preach it. We could preach an hour on verse three. I do know they're looking for the God particle at the CERN. How did? How in the world do you collide protons at such a speed of light? But how did it happen? That that created these particles that may have been the origin or the DNA of creation. But can I ask a question to the scientists and the CERN? You may, that may be so. But you tell me how God collided protons that didn't exist. And how did he create protons that didn't exist at the speed of light when there was no light and then pulled the matter out of the dark matter? Are you listening to me? And even if there is a big bang, let's say God's creation was an explosive bang, and I could go along with that. 
I could go along with that. My question to those at the CERN, if the Big Bang, the collision, created the, the universe, who pulled the trigger? Who turned on the heavenly CERN? Who opened out of the abyss an existence that now exists? Are you seriously listening to me? Do I have time to even talk about Cain and Abel? Enoch being translated? I mean, do you even want to go into, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain? By faith. He did according to the word of the Lord. He followed the instructions. He did it by faith. He didn't, didn't do it because he felt good. Didn't do it because he thought it was, uh, you know, this, this might make sense. He didn't bring his own, bo uh, his own boastful, prideful fruits from the cursed ground. Instead, he brought a sacrifice as commanded by God. And because of that, and he did it because he believed God would honor it. How did he, how, by faith. Cain did it within his own self-righteousness. And thus, he was rejected. And then, of course, verse 5, by faith, Enoch, who we know was, was such a, a wonderful man of God, a, a, was a friend of God, it says he was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. And before his translation, though, he had a testimony that he pleased God. Well, how did he have a testimony that he pleased God? What is it, what spectacular thing did Enoch do before God just caught him away and translated him just like we're going to be when Christ comes for the bride? We're going to be changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye, translated like Enoch. So what great feat, what great accomplishment did Enoch do to deserve this translation? You'll find out in verse 6. But without faith, it says he, the reason he was translated before his translation is he had a testimony that he pleased God. Well, how did he please God? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Enoch's testimony was he had faith in God. You don't have to do any great, mighty exploits. You don't have to be a super Christian. You have to have faith in God. And you believe God. And so you walk in that obedience. And then God blesses you. And he pleases him. It pleases him. Your faith in him pleases him. Are you saved? Have you accepted Christ? The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not in ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. At least any man should boast. Can't earn salvation. Can't buy salvation. Can't climb Mount Everest and receive salvation. You have to believe God for salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Just believe him. Accept him. Repent of your sins. Call on the name of the Lord. And you shall be saved. Wow, I, this, I, I barely scratched the surface. It's the first six verses of Hebrews 11. Let's talk about this again tomorrow. All right? We'll come back to Hebrews 11 tomorrow. Are you serious? Give your life to Jesus Christ. We're running out of time. And that, folks, you better believe me. Because we are running out of time.
Are you serious? Are you serious, folks? Don't be alarmed, but you need to be aware that a major monster sunspot has quadrupled in three days. Um, according to meteorologists, um, what they were calling, some people, look, I want you to understand something. This sunspot, which is called AR2443, has more than quadrupled in size since October 29th. In three days, it is now stretched to 175,000 kilometers from end to end. Uh, this thing is huge, and it's predicted that a geomagnetic storm is likely to hit today, according to NOAA forecasters, they estimate there's a 90% chance of a geomagnetic storm to hit today or tomorrow uh, when a fast-moving stream of solar wind is expected to hit the Earth's magnetic field. Solar wind speeds could exceed 800 kilometers uh, and spark a strong G3-class geomagnetic storm. Now, sky watchers in the United States should be alert and may have some spectacular northern lights. Now, here's what I'm saying. That, that is nothing to do with what this monster sunspot may create on the sun, and that is magnif or just um, absolutely magnificently, miraculously, massive solar flares could erupt from a sunspot this big. They expect it to be huge, releasing, of course, CMEs, and uh, that could create very, very serious complications on air. It just depends if it's a glancing blow, is it a direct hit? If it is a direct hit, does it hit, uh, you know, power grids, uh, or does it hit the ocean somewhere? I mean, you know, all of this factors. But when you have sunspots this big, there is major danger that if if it releases a major uh, uh, solar flare and it's pointed directly at the Earth, when it happens, it could bring about a catastrophic, cataclysmic situation. So you know, again, just again. I'm just saying, I want to make you aware of it. I'm not saying it's going to be the end of the world, but of course, the sun is getting more volatile all the time, and the earth is getting warmer. Or or let's just say this. I don't know if it's warmer or what. I, I, definitely the weather's more extreme. That's what I like to use the word, because it's really extreme. From ice, ice floods in Saudi Arabia right now. So that you know, I mean, everything's out of control. Everything's bigger. Everything more eruptions of volcanoes, more uh, earthquakes. I don't know. Where's Al Gore? I don't think he can do anything to control the situation. I think that we're the Earth is actually groaning, and uh, the birthing pains of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Something biblical is going on with the signs of the second coming of Christ. Look at the scripture, Saint Luke twenty-one. Verse 25, uh, the Bible says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon. We just had a blood moon unscheduled for no reason on Friday night, early morning hours of Halloween over the Sea of Galilee. An incredible sight. How did it happen? Why did it happen? What's the significance? There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. Just had an asteroid just brushed by the earth and the moon. 
on uh, Halloween, and upon the earth the distress of nations, you definitely can see that, with perplexity or confusion, and the sea and the waves roaring. Look at this massive cyclone, the biggest ever in the Arabian Sea, getting ready to hit Yemen with floods of biblical proportions. I'm already getting reports that there are people dead, and it just hasn't even come ashore. There's already loss of life flooding in Saudi Arabia with ice, strange, extreme weather conditions. And they're only going to get worse, according to the Bible, in these last days. Give your life to Jesus Christ. We're running out of time. Don't miss today's live broadcast, 12 noon Eastern, at my website, www.paulbakeleyprophecy.com. Arab Tov, Kareem, I'm Stephen Benoon. You're watching Israeli News Live, and we are going in this evening about the parents' rights uh, that recently in Israel has been uh, proposed to be put into law, taking away the rights from the parents, giving children rights over their own parents. And as I was getting ready to come back and look at this here again, um, actually, let me real quick go to our Israeli News Live on Facebook because this is where the original article is. It's kind of hard to find it at this point here, so let me just quickly um, run into Israeli News Live, pull this up for you. Uh, Moshe Feiglin, uh, who used to be part of the Likud party, uh, but uh, is no longer part of that, he actually um, has come out against this himself. And, um, and I'm glad to see that he's making this stand as well. Uh, he was running for... Uh, Prime Minister, but some of the issues that uh, were confronted uh, against him by the uh, by Prime Minister Netanyahu caused him to lose this particular race there. But he's probably one of the best candidates it could be for Prime Minister of Israel. And uh, I'm hoping we actually put this article on our Israeli News Live. I'm I'm not seeing it at this particular moment there. Uh, maybe, maybe didn't. Maybe we didn't get it up there. Uh, I thought we did though. But. Uh, Okay, well, I guess not then. Uh, at any rate, though, let's let's go back then to uh, Moshe Feiglin's uh, response to this. Uh, this here, he says here, Feiglin on the anti-parent bill, Stalin is here, is his response to it uh, on, on this particular bill. It says, Moshe Feiglin has come out against the proposed parents and their children law, which the Ministerial Committee on Legislation approved for legislation Sunday, calling it a frightening law. Now, see, it's already been approved. And I had several of you guys that actually sent me information letting me know this is actually part of the New World Order agenda. It is part of the Agenda 21 uh, plan. Uh, and I'm, I found some articles I'm going to share with you in a moment. Let's finish looking at what Fagelin said about this. He said, the divorced fathers who support the law because of the cancellation of the tender years clause, which currently gives mothers an advantage over fathers in custodies of children after divorce, will wind up bitterly disappointed. The head of the Zahut party predicted on Facebook, the, uh, the courts will only make rare use of this clause in favor of the fathers. By the way, the, uh, the Kahoot, uh, Zahut party that uh, is a party that Feiglin actually started after leaving the Likud party there, just so you're aware of that. He says, but the parents who got to raise their children in married bliss will discover that the last vestige of their parental authority has been taken from them. 
Um, he goes on to say, he explained that the law replaces the natural guardianship of parents over their children as set in the law in 1962, which parental responsibility that means in practice that their guardianship over the child is now the hands of the state, uh, which does the biological parent a favor by letting him hold on to the child as long as it deems fit. Uh, Fagelin pointed out that the clause of the root shiva has been emphasizing its exclusive reports on the bill. If, for instance, the court decides that the parents are not teaching their children to respect people regardless of race, religion, nationality, or origin, uh, as the law states, then the state will be able to take the child back into its hands. Um, this is very, very concerning to me because it, it, it sounds like the exact words that Pope Francis put out not too long ago. Uh, when the Charlie Hebdo incident happened and the people were murdered there at the news place. And instead of Pope Francis coming out and condemning the atrocity that was done by the terrorists, he actually sided with the terrorists and stating that when you speak against someone's religion, these type things are going to happen, basically justifying the terrorists. So when I say this is a lot like Pope Francis' type of thinking here, it's because Pope Francis is expecting that the entire world is to be in agreement with every religion and be passive and accept every religion that there is without any issues there, and that your children should be uh, very much in tune with these religions. Well, I can understand why it's for the Muslim people. It's because they created the Muslim religion. Unfortunately, many of the Arabic people in the world do not know that they are a Vatican-created religion. They've been duped into this, and I, I feel for the Arabic people because they have no idea that they're following a false god that has nothing to do with anything, uh, something that the Vatican made up. And, of course, the Vatican is run by Satan, so the one that gets all the worship is Satan himself. When the Muslims worship, they worship the devil. They don't, Allah is not a god. He is not, he's not the god of heaven, period. He's not the god of Israel at all. Even though they run through the street and saying, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, you know, God, uh, God is greater. They're God. They're nonsense. It's all nonsense. Anyway, um, the point is, though, this is exactly what the Vatican's uh, was, was trying to do is to bring this all about, putting this together. Now, let me share with you a little bit. This is from a book here called... Um, Tactics of the New World Order, Agenda 21, and Your Child. A little excerpt here. He says, I recalled a child proudly standing with others in class reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Afterwards, we bowed our heads and said a silent prayer. Goodness and loyalty to country was instilled in us at an early age during my early school years. Adolescence, pregnancy, school shootings, and suicides were practically unheard of. In fact, in my own early years, you, you still prayed in school. You still were paddled if you misbehaved in school. Uh, in pregnancies, you didn't go to school if you were pregnant. It was considered a shame. Um, a lot of things have changed since then, but let's read on. He says, once prayer and uh, patriotism were taken out of our schools, children became easy targets for indoctrination into a belief that will be de uh, there will be destruction of what is left of Christian America. Most schools no longer show any signs of belief in God or creationism. Those who do are in constant fear of being sued. Instead, we sit on the sidelines and observe as a silent war goes on around us. It's a goal in a new world order. The global elite know that it is too late to change your mind, but not your child's. 
Getting to them early as possible has been a tactic used by socialists for many years, he states. The word kindergarten came from 19th century Germany, means garden of children. Kindergarten is a perfect place to begin work on your child's beliefs, he states. Um, if, uh, if history gives us any warning at all, it is that the first tactic socialist regimes used to gain control of a country is to indoctrinate the children in the direction that the leaders believe it. Worked for Hitler, Stalin, Lenin, and it works today. Many years ago in Germany, the children sang the praises of Adolf Hitler. Today, it's, the, it's Barack Obama, which they are singing his praises now. We should be very mindful of this, for this is not just a coincidence. Our children are slowly being indoctrinated into accepting a godless society. The author of the book there, Christian Myers, makes these comments here. And it's exactly that Fagelin, he called it a Stalin type of regime. Well, Hitler would have probably been better than Stalin when it comes right to that. But anyway, I wanted to share that with you and then take you over as well another website. This is eagleforum.org. Uh, those of you, I'll try to remember to put this in the comment section. I'm trying to get better about that on YouTube. You won't see it, though, on live stream here where you're watching now. Uh, but for those of you on live stream, it's forward slash PSR, forward slash 1993, forward slash MAR93, forward slash PSRMAR93.html. Gosh, that's a lot of things. I bet none of you guys can write that fast. <laughs> anyway, maybe type that fast, but not writing it that fast anyway. Um, this is called The New World Order Wants Your Children. Now, here in Europe, where I'm at right now, and I'm kind of stuck here for the next couple of months. We can't, I can't travel because I'm going through uh, the, uh, the process of, of, uh, of my permanent residency here, so I have to stay in the country until that is completed. Uh, but anyway, so uh, hopefully I get back into Israel come January. Uh, but it says, uh, this, this, when I went to open up this website, it was really hard to get it open because the governments here really monitor what we watch. I can only imagine what it's like to be in Russia. Uh, although I agree with Putin on several other things that he has done in the past, I don't necessarily agree with him on everything. But, uh, of course, one thing I don't agree on is he totally blacks out his people on the Internet and what they can see. Anyway, it says here, the Children's Defense Fund, the CDF, the chief vehicle for those who want government to take over the raising of their children, has a new goal under the Clinton administration. You've got to keep in mind, this is a 1993 document here, but it will let you know how this all came about. Um, the advocacies, uh, having failed to get Congress to pass the costly ABC child care bill, the CDF, is now pushing to get a United Nations treaty on children signed and adopted so that children advocacy lawyers can assert children's rights against their parents. Now, if you remember, when we read the article the other day to you, the Israeli article, it's the same thing. It's asserting the child's right above the parent's. But what's funny is they're using social workers to represent the children. So the child really has no rights. They might say the child has rights, but the child has no rights. It's the social worker that has the rights. It's the state that has the rights. And they can just manipulate the child's mind and determine whatever they want. They can, they can do whatever they want at this particular point. Anyway, so it says here, can assert children's rights against the parents since Hillary Clinton was chair of the CDF's board of directors from 1986 to 1991. Since she was succeeded as CDF chair in 1991 by Donna uh, Shalala, now secretary of HHS, is since CDF CEO Marion Wright Edelman. 
as Hillary's close friend, we can anticipate an aggressive effort by the Clinton administration on behalf of this treaty. The treaty is called the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. It was unanimously adopted by the UN General Assembly on November 20th, 1989, and signed by more than 100 foreign governments. Now, President George Bush did not sign the treaty. Uh, he did not send it to the Senate for ratification. There are dozens of excellent reasons for, for why he rejected it. But anyway, the article goes on to read, if the text of the UN treaty were proposed as a new federal legislation, the bill would never pass. It would be unacceptable to the American people because it would give the federal government too broad a grant power over our children, families, and schools, and it would be unconstitutional because of both vagueness and federal interference with states' rights. But the treaty has been blessed by the United Nations and lawyered with lofty goals and high-sounding words. Its salesmen are peddling it with pathetic stories of the uh, mistreatment of children, such as outrageous murderers in Bolivia. CDF and 150 libel advocacy groups in the United States have made it a cause and are even using it as a uh, lit litmus test to try to label Congress as pro-children or anti-children. You know, one thing that keeps coming up to my mind, though, as I look at this, and something that maybe you guys have, have thought of yourself already, and that is, during World War II, one of the chief entities that were taking in children was the Vatican. The Catholic Church were taking children. These children were being taken from the Jews forcibly, placed into Catholic homes, being adopted by them secretly, growing up as Catholics, those that weren't murdered, that is, by the Germans, but they were secretly adopted by the Catholic people and raised to make, believe, or make the children believe the way the Catholic Church wanted them to believe. This is what I see with this bill. And I know some people might say, well, Steve, you know, you kind of, you put the Catholic Church in the middle of everything. You, you have to remember, they are in control of this entire world system. And I even, when I look at the issue with uh, Vladimir Putin in Syria and the United States also putting troops there, I cannot help but they all work in concert together. I mean, think about it. Look at the way these men meet each other. Even though Putin comes and meets Obama and he meets the Pope of Rome and, and, and Obama does the same, they all meet with each other. They all meet together like they're buddy-buddy. But the soldiers on the battlefields are doing all the fighting of the wars. These men here seem to be what you would call civilized. But they let other people do the fighting. It reminds me of attorneys, the prosecutor as well as the defense attorney. After they go and try a case, they leave the courtroom and go to the same bar together and drink together. In fact, I knew for a fact on some inside information on several cases that I had seen happen in the United States where the attorneys would meet together privately outside of anything where people could publicly accuse them of anything, and they would discuss which cases the prosecutor would get and which which one of uh, the defense attorneys would give up of their clients to let them go to jail while the other one would get off. It's nothing but a political game. And this is what I see going on in the world scheme of things as well as far as world leaders. You have to remember, the Bible says if Satan's kingdom is divided, it cannot stand. This is what Jesus said. He said, if Satan is against him, if Satan can cast out Satan and his kingdom is divided, it can't stand. Well, Satan is ruling the entire world. Only for a season, of course. 
And he even challenges Jesus. He challenged Yeshua when he was up there uh, during the 40 days and 40 nights. And he says to him, he shows him in a moment of time, all the worlds, everything that ever would be. He says, these are all mine. He says, I'll give them to you if you bow down and worship me. Now, if you'll notice, Yeshua never argued the fact that they were his. But he tells him, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. You see, Satan is over all these kingdoms. And what is the reason for the fighting or the things that go on in the background? Well, who knows? And I'm sure there are maybe some differences out there where world leaders hate one another. But clearly, a lot of these Illuminati-led world leaders are perfectly together in unison, and maybe it's to fulfill the global agenda, and that is depopulation, create wars. Why? Because the leaders are not going to get killed in the middle of the war. The leaders are just going to go and still wear their suits and go to their little parties afterwards and meet the other world leaders in some other little Camp David in America or, or someplace in Italy or, or France or Germany or Russia or wherever they're going to meet at. But in the meantime, they'll displace people turn lives upside down, kill people, and everything else. All for a depopulation agenda. And of course now they want the control of the minds of your children. Maybe it's because the Vatican has a plan for your children, like they did during Nazi Germany when Hitler was going around and killing all the Jews that he could possibly find and, and all kinds of other people as well. You know, the gypsies, everything else, they decided to annihilate them as well. If you were sick, if you were, um, had Down syndrome, they, he annihilated you as well. He was definitely doing a depopulation agenda. Maybe at the time the Vatican thought we had too many people then as well. Who knows? But nonetheless, they have a depopulation agenda. But perhaps they want to get control of the children because they're going to depopulate the humans again, the, the adults. I can't really say as far as what's going to go on there. Let's take a little, a little bit more look at this article here. It says, it is always important to scrutinize proposed treaties even more carefully than ordinary legislation first because treaties can be ratified at any time by two-thirds of the U.S. Senate senators present and voting. Uh, and with two senators voting, uh, excuse me, and, and the second because the preferential status which treaties enjoy in the American system government. One ratified once ratified, they become part of the supreme law of the land, along with the U.S. Constitution and federal laws. Uh, Any time a treaty is proposed, we should study the language as well as the intent and consider a worst-case scenario how the treaty's provision in the hands of uh, the international bodies over which we have no control could imperil American sovereignty and the rights of American citizens. And this is where the issue is with all this. This is where we're really facing a major, major problem uh, with this particular uh, Agenda 21 and uh, parents losing the rights over their children. It's really, it's, it's revoking the parental rights of the children. The New World Order is doing that and it is targeting the children completely, uh, or targeting the parents of the children to where the state can take control of them. And we've seen this as well in the United States uh, in the public school system. Many of you guys, in fact, if you would, re leave a comment about what you may be aware of in your own school system there in the United States. But my wife is a uh, high school teacher teaching biology in the United States. They were already, before we left uh, 
about a year and a half ago, the United States, they had already set up in the school, the parents had to contribute to a provision, emergency provision thing for the schools to where in the event of some kind of catastrophe, the school already has the right to take the children and leave without any parental consent and go to an undisclosed location. They actually did some drills like that in Florida and caused major panic among parents. Another thing that we saw happen um, back then before leaving is that, that uh, my wife had come in the following year there to do teaching and they had a whole new set of rules and guidelines. They had all of a sudden, all the students had to have IDs, uh, ID cards. Parents were not allowed to come in the school uh, you know, when you were coming to pick up your kids, you were, to, you were to remain in a vehicle. You could not get out of your vehicle. You had to pull up if you were a parent that was picking up your child by car, and they would bring the child to you. Uh, parents were, were really getting upset over this. In fact, one parent kind of put up a fuss over it, and they threatened to bring the police and have them arrested. And I believe there was one or two in Florida that did get arrested over this just for trying to pick up their child. And it is slowly but surely in the United States, they're conditioning the people. They are taking away your rights, and they're conditioning the parents in the United States for the same thing that Israel's already doing. They're already conditioning you there. They're doing it with the school system. And I think that this is a conditioning, slowly but surely, because they're going to enforce the United Nations resolution here. They're going to bring about Agenda 21. And I didn't get a chance to find that actual New World Order document there that stated that. I got kind of caught up with some other things today. Uh, but it, it's serious, friends. It's very serious. Uh, at any rate, let me, uh, one other thing I want to take you to real quick, though, in closing here is the Israeli news that is going on. We have got some serious things still happening in Israel. Um, we have uh, in Netanyahu, this, this happened here only just a couple of hours ago. And uh, there was a, I think he was in his 70s, the man that was stabbed by a terrorist there in, in Netanya. Sorry, not Netanya, Netanya is the name of the city there. It's a beautiful little city there just north of Tel Aviv. Uh, we actually looked at um, trying to rent an apartment there because it is nice. It's, it's, uh, when I say nice, it's away from uh, a lot of the bad neighborhoods. You're not bordering along with Palestinians in this particular town. And uh, it just seemed to be a good place to, to raise children at in Israel. So we had looked sincerely and, and almost leased an apartment there in Netanya. Uh, and so when I opened up uh, Israel National News here only about an hour ago and I saw this article here, Netanya Terrace was shouting Allah Akbar and he stabs a 70-something-year-old a man, I was completely shocked by it. Let's look at this. This further details about the Netanya attack. Uh, have been released later Monday night in the wake of the third stabbing of the day. Third stabbing of the day in Israel. Um, initial reports indicate that the stabber, a 22-year-old man from the northern Sumerian town of uh, Tokarm, first attacked a, a couple, stabbing a 71-year-old man in the back. The victim was later transported to a Lenado Hospital in critical condition. condition. Uh, witnesses told uh, Walla News the terrorist was shouting Allah Akbar. Traffic police officers uh, of the Sharon region called to the terrorist to stop, but he kept running, throwing his knife at a nearby building. Officers at the scene stated that at one point the, the terrorist turned around and pulled out another knife. Secu security officer forces shot him three times, leaving him in serious condition. Um, that's a big concern as well because the terrorists start taking stabbing the people and then just abandon their knives and then leave it to where the police are kind of forced not to shoot them, uh, that can only, 
It could be a new tactic coming out altogether. Anyway, it says officers at the scene stated that, that at one point the terrorist turning around and pulled out another knife. Security forces shot him three times, leaving him in serious condition. Shortly after the stabbing, another bystander attempted to attack the terrorist uh, when he was already shot. Police arrested the, the Natanya man at the scene, not to be deterred. Dozens of furious Natanya, Natanya, uh, Natanya uh, residents who had witnessed the attack attempted to prevent the terrorist of Monday night's stabbing attack in the city from being transported to the hospital. Footage reveals blocking the road as the ambulance began to leave. This is what Israelis are going through, friends. Day, day in and day out, Israelis are having to face this very thing right here. As we see here in the, in the screenshot here, they, the people come running through. They're running through, trying to get away from, from, a, from a man wielding a knife. I guess people are screaming as he's going along stabbing people. Uh, at this point here, some of the people run into the store for safety there. And this older woman who cannot run, he just drives that knife into her back and keeps on running. And, of course, there are people after him, uh, I guess, trying to stop him. But it is just a terrible, terrible scene, to say the very least. Um, and whether or not, whether or not uh, anyone else was uh, able to put a stop to this guy, it's not clear. Um, a lot of people are going down the sidewalk here. I guess it's because there's more than one victim uh, involved in this. And according to the article, this is on Monday afternoon, a 19-year-old Palestinian Arab terrorist from Hebron stabbed three people in the Tel Aviv area city on a, an 80-year-old woman, a 35-year-old man, and a 26-year-old man. The three are listed in serious, moderate, and light conditions, respectively. Uh, very, very sad indeed. Of course, the serious woman is the 80-year-old woman that we've seen here in the screen that was stabbed. Uh, that was caught on the CCTV footage there. And like I said, friends, it is just continually. Uh, let me just kind of run you through the articles here just so you can see some of these. Here, Stabbing in Netanya, which is one we brought out already to you. Uh, also, another article that came out about the Hinkins uh, fought terrorists before they were murdered. Now, that's the, the case where the husband and wife were gunned down in their car while their children were yet in the car. I haven't had a chance to look at that story as of yet. Three injured in Rishon LeZion stabbing attack. Arab assaulted a ready woman with a glass bottle. Uh, also a terrorist shot and failed stab, a stabbing attempt. Firebomb was thrown in Jerusalem District Court. Uh, and it just goes on and on and on and on. Mother of missing soldiers slams return of terrorist bodies. Uh, Arab rock uh, terror uh, reaches uh, Haifa. Um, uh, and, and three border police are hurt in a car terror near Hebron. Now, we actually brought that one out in uh, yesterday's news there. It, it's, it's just constant. There's just no let-up of this intifada whatsoever. And, and then on top of it, then the Israeli government is beginning to pull back the, uh, and put tighter restrictions on the military and how they can uh, confront these terrorists running around with knives just stabbing anybody, anybody and everybody. They, they, they have no care, no regard for life whatsoever. Anyway, I'm Stephen Benoon. You've been watching Israeli News Live. Those of you that are watching on live stream, God bless you for being here tonight. Those of you that catch us on YouTube, God bless you as well, and thank you for watching. Shalom. Are you serious? Are you serious? President Barack Obama is going to release 6,000 
660 inmates early. Uh, there's reports by the Washington Post he may actually release 10,000 inmates. Breitbart re uh, released it to be 6,600, but Fox News has released the number is officially 6,660 inmates will be released early starting this weekend. The Obama administration set to follow through with plans to give early releases to these 6,660 federal criminals starting this weekend, making this the largest release of federal prisoners in the history of the United States. Thousands of inmates are being released all across the nation. In Illinois, for instance, 260 are scheduled to be released. The release plans are initiated by the United States Sentencing Commission in 2014 when it reduced maximum sentences for offenders. The new sentencing rules were made retroactive, requiring the mass release this year, and were aimed at easing overcrowding. The new rules, being called Drugs Minus Two, could ultimately reduce the sentencing of as many as 46,000 convicted criminals. Now, supporters say the, the rules should affect the sentences only of non-violent offenders, but we're already finding out that some of the people on this list are violent offenders. And we already know that there's illegal immigration going on from all over the world into America, and violent crimes are being committed by some of these folks. And I, again, I say just some of these folks. Uh, and we have violent crimes being committed by U.S. citizens every day in this nation. Um, and so, by turning loose, I understand maybe some of the sentencing was excessive on some of the drug use, but the concern you have here is how many violent criminals will be turned loose? How many of these folks are you going to release on society at once and during a time when police officers are afraid to get out of their cars in many of our major cities across America because the Obama administration's Justice Department is doing anything but bringing justice. What they're doing is bringing division uh, in the communities across the nation pitting the people against the police. And this is creating chaos, confusion, concern, and a rise in crime. So uh, the Obama administration is initially trying to distance itself from this U.S. sentencing. I mean, they're the ones that instituted it. It's, it's Obama who mandated it, just like it was Obama who mandated the IRS scrutinization of conservative and religious groups. It was Obama that initiated the Fast and Furious gun program that wound up in the hands of the cartel in Mexico. It's Obama's administration that approved sending out Susan Rice, the U.S. National Security Advisor, to five Sunday talk shows to tell us it was a video that caused the Benghazi uh, attacks. I mean, so, I mean, you can sit here and distance yourself all you want. But when it's under your watch, it's under your watch, especially when the things we're talking about are not legislative bills that have been passed, but are executive orders, initiatives, um, activist 
movement going on in the Obama administration uh, executive branch, which has way too much broad power than what it was originally intended according to the, the founders of our Constitution. I promise you, when George Washington was very concerned about the Illuminati taking over the United States government, because he knew they were already among them, and six U.S. presidents warned us that the Illuminati spirit, the, the Illuminati actually had a seat at the table. And their greatest fears were that one day they would hijack this nation. So I'm seeing it. It's, it's control out of chaos. It's taking place many levels, especially in our corrupted court system, Supreme Court system, on down, federal courts, on down. The states are losing their power to a corrupt federal government. And the rules are totally swayed that the global elitists, the Luciferians, are controlling the masses. And so we're watching this absolutely play out in front of our very eyes. So we'll keep an eye on what's going on. Watch the Obama administration in their final year. Watch how much crazy stuff comes out of different uh Branches, excuse me, under different agencies that are under Obama's control. Watch how many crazy left-wing liberal, it's going to be laughable and destructive. Damage will come upon the United States. We've got to get America out of the harlot's house and headed toward the hills of Hebron, back to the altar. America needs to repent. Don't miss today's live broadcast. Man, i got a lot to talk about. 12 noon Eastern at my website. 12 noon Eastern at www.paulbegleyprophecy.com. We are not going to cut corners. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. So if you're coming for a fluffy puppy, want a feel-good message, turn on Dr. Phil on the Oprah channel. If you want the truth, come here. But what i got to say. Be a part of it. In Jesus' name. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's so faithful, and he's so good. This is Minister Paul, a watchman on the wall for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. It's 8 a.m., and it's Pacific Standard Time here. Daylight savings time has ended. I'm back home in California. Arrived late last night and went straight to bed. It's 11 2015 and that's a Monday all day so for some reason I couldn't upload the videos from my cell phone to YouTube so I kind of want to get my YouTube channel and the YouTube community up to date on this trip Operation Jesus Matters North Carolina briefly um, some of the images and a couple videos I took and uh, how it kind of all went. I got a lot to share, and so this is just going to be a brief, quick update. By brief, that probably usually means a minimum of 10 minutes, but the, I, mean, I have a lot to say, and so it's going to take more than one video to do it. This, is, this video right here is going to be primarily uh, just focused on certain parts of this trip. Well, God is good, and I'm telling you, every single place where I've ever went, I've seen planes crashing, uh, airports being shut down, airports being shot up, and not once has it ever came near near me. 
I mean, we we I was in Atlanta. We was rebuking uh, rebuking these these evil men with evil intentions, and that's what the Lord told me. They had evil intentions of creating, storing, and releasing level four outbreaks with the intention to harm or kill. And and the Lord told me to rebuke them and reprove them. And we prayed. We had we prayed together for an hour in Atlanta twice, going there and coming back. And if you think that that's not true, that they don't create this stuff, they don't store this stuff, uh, they don't intentionally release this stuff, and it wasn't designed to harm and kill, then this is a wake-up call for you. Because I worked in one of their strategic national stockpiles in Atlanta, at the headquarters, and it's been proven this stuff just walks out the door time after time after time. It's a wake-up call. So that that was just one area, but... <clears throat> I just wanted to touch bases. That was my layover in Atlanta, but <clears throat> so we went to uh, we went to Fort Bragg, and I'm going to show you as many pictures as I can. We went to the the Panther Stadium and prayed against football stadium attacks. I met with Sister Rosemary Kelly there, and uh, as we prayed over the Panther Stadium, we can we were both walking in front of we <clears throat> we got lost. I mean, neither one of us live in the Charlotte area. And we're driving around in circles and talking and trying to find each other on the cell phone. And I'm like, I'm on Mint Street and she's on Graham Street or something. And and the thing is, I I don't know any of the names of these streets. <laughs> and uh, and 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 then I looked up. I said, Hey, <clears throat> I can see the 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 football stadium. It's called the Bank of America Stadium. I can see it down. And up. she said, Well, what road are you on? And this James will get a laugh out of this. I looked. I was on Martin Luther King Boulevard. No matter what city I go into for these Jesus Matters movement uh, missions, I always end up on Martin Luther King Boulevard. And I asked the Lord, why is that? Because we witnessed on Martin Luther King Boulevard in Oklahoma. We witnessed uh, on the corner in Denver. And he said, and he said it represents an assassination that's coming up. So I'm just putting out there. Martin Luther King was assassinated. I'm just I'm going to share and flow with a whole bunch of information as quickly as I can. But as we prayed. We literally felt things breaking off, uh, attacks breaking off, and, and uh, there's power when two or more gather together praying in the Spirit. We're praying in the Spirit. So praise God for, for that, what, what happened. And then, I went to, um, and then I went to Fort Bragg, and I prayed at Fort Bragg. They allowed me on the base, and they allowed me to, to pray right there inside, the, past the perimeter checkpoint, security checkpoint. They allowed me to park. They allowed me to read Psalms 91, and they allowed me to pray. And you, do you know? Listen to me. This you can't make this stuff up. That very night, someone dressed as a suicide bomber, claiming it was a Halloween costume. I was at the Fort Knox gate, the Fort Knox gate at Fort Bragg, praying for our troops. And they were young. To me, they're kids, and the protection of their families. And um, and uh, that night, the whole base went on uh, alert, shutdown alert, because allegedly, I don't know all the facts on this, other than the... the